Rookies fitting in FFPC redraft leagues. Can Vincent Staffolino repeat as Revelations champ? And what will our first look at FFPC Live Classics tell us for the 2017 season? We are covering the first classic drafts of 2017 in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. The Genesis and Revelations leagues will have pick-by-pick coverage, as well as interviews from the players themselves on a jam-packed episode. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. So I dig into my pocket all my money spent. So I just deep up, still coming up for lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence. Thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. One, two, three, I used to roll up. This is a hole up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. You still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the extra special latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm uh, once again your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, the patron saint of fantasy football. Coming up on tonight's show, we're covering the Genesis and Revelations $150 Classic Satellites, the first of the year for the FFPC Live right here on the HSFF Hour. Uh, We will not have uh, video boards up during the broadcast They will be posted, however, later, so you can check those out uh, either at the FFPC or High Stakes Fantasy Football, our social media accounts. The FFPC message boards will have them. And if you listen to the show on YouTube later, probably within the next 24 hours or so, uh, you will see the entire full live draft board there as well. So they will be posted everywhere. Unfortunately, we will not be able to give them to you tonight. Uh, But I think with the experience that Dave and I have that we bring to the table, almost 300 episodes in the bank, we will be able to paint with our words a visual picture that is worth, uh, well, much more words than that, uh, that you'll be able to visualize the draft board in your mind anyway, so I'm not too worried about that, nor should you be. Uh, Dave, it is a, uh, quite the pleasure to uh, have you once again. The NFL draft is over. We had a great time in Chicago. We are back broadcasting live, and I would say the, the fantasy season is in full effect beginning tonight. I know. It's great. I'm excited. It is uh, an exciting time. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. We invite all of the drafters, the participants tonight, who want to chime in, hang out, maybe make a couple of picks on the air. That's always fun. Chat with us for a couple of minutes. Uh, give us a call at that number tonight. And uh, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is the inbox. Our producer mutual friend is Rob. Our audio engineer is Bryce. My co-host is Dave Gerzak, and he'd like to say something. Revelations we're doing first. We're doing Revelations first, yes. You're trying to get into the league. Listen, the rule of thumb, every single year people ask me, oh, are you going to cover Genesis and Relations? Yes, we are. 
However, the rule of thumb is whichever league fills up first, we will cover first on the HSFFR. Revelation. That's, that's the rule. Revelations filled up first. We're Did covering you just make that. that up? No, this has been a rule for like the last three years. I would say like when the transition went to Revelations being the dominant force, um, and, and Genesis sort of being the one B to that one A. Uh, that's when we made the switch. So this will be oh, the third now, consecutive now you're year that we're. Them too, boy. Well, I mean, you're like the FSTA. Off uh, listen, I go, I go by the players. I mean, the, the players clearly wanted the, the demand was in Revelations. It filled up first, so that's the one we're covering first tonight. Uh, so this is, uh, I guess, the rundown of drafters that we will have tonight. I'll, I'll give it to you here. The drafting first out of the one spot. Larry Jilton and Woody Woodruff, the Rednecks franchise, picking first tonight. Of course, Todd Hunter, former co-host of the show, Tree Huggers, uh, drafting out of the second spot tonight. Right behind him, the unofficial or official mascot of the show, Two Packer. That's Ron Meyer back after a year off of Revelations. He's back to try and win the league this year, and he will be doing so out of the three-hole. And by the way, Ron Meyer sucks because he's not coming to Oneida to watch the Kentucky Derby yes. with us tomorrow. Yeah, that, that is unfortunate. Hudson Kern-Reeve, I believe last year's runner-up in this league, his sudden birth is picking fourth. Hitting cleanup tonight, Dave. That's a baseball reference. Oh, is it? Right behind him, Brian Holgen, another former guest of the show. That is Dude Platinum out of the five-hole, the reigning 500 Dynasty number one champion, Shane Hallam. His Hallam Hammers are picking sixth tonight, Kevin. Bassacres, Kobe's crew, seventh. Zeb Caps team, and I didn't even have to look at who owned this team when I saw the team name. I knew Jackie Knopf was <laughs> Zeb Caps team. He is picking eighth tonight. Rock Frost, real swipes, picking ninth. Right behind them, former uh, guest of the show, Biplab Mandel. That is House of Shane, Cards. Shane changed his name, by the way. The notorious BIP. What did he change it to? Oh, Shane is Jake, Jake Butts X. X. Oh, Butts X. Okay. <laughs> so picking six is Jake Butts X. Yeah. Just get, get it right here. Shane Hallam picking there. Right. Uh, picking 11th, Peter St. Pierre, another former guest of the show. His Doughboys are the penultimate pick of the first round. And then the defending champ from last year, Vince Staffolino's Iced Coffee, picking 12th tonight. So that is the lineup. We are through round one. Dave, do you have it up? On, why are you, are you looking at the chat for the, uh, for the actual league? I'm look, yeah, I'm just. Looking oh, okay, around. that's fine. We can leave up the 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 um the draft. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, the, I have the draft board up here. It might be easier to look at. This is how we've historically done it. Fine, I will do whatever you want. You are the host. <laughs> as I long, hey, listen, if you want to do that, if as long as you're paying attention to the chat for the show and the chat for the for the league, that's fine. Too, so yeah, that's fine. So picking first tonight, the Rednecks go with David Johnson, the running back from the Cardinals, recovering from that uh, knee injury. He should be a full go, and obviously the Rednecks have. No qualms about him. He goes first. Another running back. Running back, running back, as it were tonight. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott goes to the Tree Huggers. That's Todd Hunter's team. It's like zero RB is over, Balky. And uh, then the third spot. I don't want to say it's a bit of a surprise because this guy is well worth going at the 103, but two-packer takes Mike Evans at the 103 tonight. Le'Veon Bell falls to sudden birth at the 104, so Le'Veon Bell goes to Kern Reeve. His real-life teammate, Antonio Brown, goes One pick behind him to Brian Holgen. That's Antonio Brown to Dude Platinum at the 105 tonight. Odell Beckham, a guy who was uh, picked, what, first overall in some leagues last year, Dave. He goes at the 106 to Jake Butts X. That is Shane Hound. These guys are really going to keep me on my toes with the. uh, (laughs) I guess. Um, That is uh, Shane Hound's pick. Yes, I got it. Let's move on. (laughs) Julio Jones to Kevin Bassinger at the 107. Right behind him, Amari Cooper. 
to uh, Zeb Caps, Jackie Knopf. Uh, that is Amari Cooper there, Rob Gronkowski, the first tight end off the board to Rock Frost at the 109. Yeah. Bip Lab Mandel, A.J. Green at the 110. Devontae Freeman, a first-round pick this year, 111 to Peter St. Pierre's Doughboys, and rounding out the first round is Jordy Nelson. Iced coffee. That is Vincent Staffolino's team. Certainly he knows what is going on since he won this league last year, Dave. As we look at the first round, Dave, four running backs off the board. Bit of, you know, this is this is sort of what we saw last year, uh, or this is what we, we thought we were going to see this year. More emphasis on running backs in the first round after the uh, zero RB craze went crazy last year. We see four running backs off the board here in the first 11 picks tonight. That's what stands out for me. Yeah, it does. I mean, having said that, there's still seven, seven of the picks for wide receivers, and then when you include the first three picks of the second round, you have ten. So ten out of the first fifteen picks are still wideouts. You surprised Gronk slipped to one hundred nine? I mean, everything we've heard about him means that it sounds like he is healthy and ready to go this season. To me, in a uh, tight end premium league like the FFPC, maybe should have gone a little bit higher if he is fully healthy. Yeah, you can look at it that way. I mean, there is a lot more risk associated with Gronk. He keeps getting hurt year in and year out. It seems like there's a problem. So. We'll see if he goes all 16 games. I don't mind the pick, though, actually, at pick nine. We've seen a lot of uh, the FFPC satellites. Of course, you can sign up for those right now. There's live drafts going on all weekend at myffpc.com, starting at $35 on up. The majority of them start off with running back, running back, running back. We've seen uh, three, t- or three running backs go off the board in the first three picks. What do you make of Mike Evans going at 103? I don't have a problem with it. He's going to be a target monster, even with the additions of Deshaun Jackson and uh, O.J. Howard and Chris Godwin down in Tampa. Uh, but you look at Mike Evans at the 103, not a bad way to spend the third overall pick of the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I still would probably lean towards Antonio Brown. I mean, the guy is so amazing. Even over Le'Veon Bell. I mean, over Mike Evans. But yeah, I would, I would take him over Le'Veon Bell probably. Okay. So for you, um, if you would have had the third pick, Brown would have been the choice for you. Then. That's where I would have gone. Okay. So that is the first round. We are now through two rounds, and I see a rookie off the board. Let's uh, get to it here at the 201. Des Bryant is uh, Vincent Staffolino's pick there to lead things off. Michael Thomas climbing, climbing, climbing the uh, ADP as if he were scaling Mount Everest, Dave. He goes at the 202 <laughs> tonight to Peter St. Pierre. T.Y. Hilton, the third choice of the second round to Bip Lab Mandel. And then Shady McCoy is the fifth running back off the board. He goes at the uh, three, uh, 204 tonight to uh, Rock Frost, followed by last year's waiver wire darling or late round darling, Jordan Howard to Zeb Cap there in the mid-second. The pick after him, Melvin Gordon, a guy who scored, I believe, 57 touchdowns in the first four weeks alone last year, a guy who was crazy in the uh, end zone, pretty much lived there last year. He goes to Kevin Bassaker at the 206. Beginning the second half of the second round, we have DeAndre Hopkins going to Shane Hallam. DeMarco Murray, we, he's back, baby. He's gone. He's back. He's gone. He's back. <laughs> so he's back here, DeMarco Murray, to Brian Holgen as his first running back, Brandon Cooks, the newest New England Patriot veteran. He goes uh, to Herkern Reeve at the uh, 209. Then a couple of tight ends go off the board. Jordan Reed to Tupacker, Travis Kelsey to Todd Hunter, and not wanting to continue the tight end run, Woody Woodruff and Larry Jilton take Leonard Fournette at the 2-12. So the first rookie is off the board. Fournette is the choice there as uh, the Rednecks go running back, running back. Let's talk about Michael Thomas, the second pick of the second round. Dave, I know it seems crazy. This is a guy who was not a first-round pick in the NFL draft last year put up video game numbers with Drew Brees throwing to him. New Orleans trades 
Brandon Cooks to the Patriots, Michael Thomas seems to be the uh, de facto number one guy in that offense there could be in for a boffo year. And people say, maybe it's a little crazy to take him at the 202. He could easily pay off that value there and much more given his role this year. Yeah. You know, I got to agree with you actually. And I was never a big Michael Thomas fan to my own you know, discredit. I should have liked him more. And uh, would you take Brandon cooks targets away? That's nice. And I, I don't really see any reason why he's not going to get tons of targets from Brees. Should get tons of targets, and then Jordan Howard is the guy who got a lot of targets out of the backfield for Chicago last year. Any reason to see anything different from Howard this year? I mean, we talked about this on the show the last couple of weeks. Howard is a guy that seemingly with everything in place in Chicago that's there now, not a whole lot has changed. It might mean more goodness for Jordan Howard, at least from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, you know, I'm, I have a little bit of a problem with Howard just because he's not a pedigree, pedigree player. So I, I just – sometimes – you get the sophomore slump. You you just don't quite get that get what you had the year before. So I would I'm probably a little bit off Howard. Um, and with Glennon at quarterback or Trubisky or whatever. So I don't I don't know. I'm just not not really feeling the love over there. One of the things that we talked about that we would be watching for in this draft season is how far DeAndre Hopkins would fall. This is a guy who is going sometimes a 103. Four, I think, was the earliest he went last year. I don't think he ever went. He might have gone at the 103 in a couple of times. But I saw him at the 104 quite a bit, uh, also at the 105, 106, always seemingly in that range. He put up a disastrous year, maybe to no fault of his own. The quarterback play was horrific. Thank you, thank you uh, Brock Osweiler. Uh, but he falls a full round, essentially, in ADP. He goes in the mid-second round. Is that where you would be looking at him with Deshaun Watson, you know, maybe starting the year as a starting quarterback or at some point getting in there? Are they talking about starting Watson? That's a possibility that Watson might start right away. Open competition? Well, I mean, you listen, Bill O'Brien's already said Tom Savage is our quarterback, but it's it's also May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. By the way, happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. happy Cinco de Mayo. I think think Deshaun Watson wins that job. He is a pro-ready quarterback. I'm not super high on him overall. But he's going to throw for you know well over 3,000 yards if he's in there for the entire year. I like Hopkins in the mid-second for sure. What about Brandon Cooks here? Um, because in this, you know, we talk. It seems like we talk about this every year in New England. It always seems like there's one more mouth to feed than a, a fantasy system can support. There, so the Patriots have Gronk, they have Edelman, they have Cooks, they have. Um, you know, half the running backs on the league are, are on the Patriots roster. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of different options for Tom Brady there. What do you make of Brandon Cooks here at the 209 to Kern Reeve? You know, I don't mind that pick either. I, I think it's okay. I mean, it's kind of in the area where I would, I would be looking at Brandon Cooks. Like you said, though, I mean, you have Edelman, Gronk, and now Cooks. You have to have to figure it out. One of those guys is going to be overvalued. I just have a – I think that they paid a pretty good price. New England doesn't pay, pay a first-round pick for a player. Granted, it's late first round because they're not going to use him. I know Belichick loved Cooks, so I'm, I'm a big believer in Cooks' talent. I also think um, I think the New Orleans Saints, you know how I feel about the Saints front office, so I think they're a bunch of morons. So, <laughs> right. So the, I think that Belichick's smart. Cooks is good. He's an elite athlete. He was underutilized in the, in the New Orleans system. I think he's going to be very good. I think it's a solid pick. A guy who was going at the turn last year, essentially, in this in this draft, uh, you know, between the end of the first and the early second, uh, he falls to the late second here, so could be very good value. So remember how T.Y. Hilton would always be at the 2-12-3-1? Not going to happen this year, my friend. Nope. Might be at the 1-2 turn yeah. uh, as he goes tonight at the 2-0-3, but he is not going at the turn in the end of the second. Uh, Two-packer had the choice between Jordan Reed and Travis Kelsey for tight ends there. He went with Jordan Reed. Is that the way you would have gone as far as uh, if you were picking a tight end there? Uh, no, I would have taken Kelsey just because there's less of an injury risk. But is there also less of an upside? 
With I don't Kelsey. know. I mean, Kelsey was pretty awesome last year. He, he was, he was pretty good. 265 yeah. fantasy points, I think, in a. In a but as, I, I don't know if it, was, if it was in a PPR elevated league or not. I'm not, right. I, I'm not exactly sure. But as you like to say, what did he do the last eight weeks of the season when Tyreek Hill was literally setting the league on fire? Well, you know, I don't have that in front of me, Valky, but within five minutes, I'll let you know. Okay, well, you let me know about that. And then Leonard Fournette, the final pick. You no, know, actually, you know what? I will let you know one thing. Yeah. But Kelsey won me a league in week 16, so he had like a 35 or 40-point week okay. in the Fantasy Sharks League. So whatever he did weeks nine through sixteen, I'm sure was pretty freaking good because that yeah. was like a monster week. And you were still playing for something then, so you obviously had a great team. Or Kelsey carried you. <laughs> I got lucky. Clearly, it was the I latter. Was, it was lucky. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, the final pick of the second round, and let's just bleed into the third round here because the Rednecks uh, had that turn. They go rookie, rookie. Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. That's an interesting it. strategy because you have the unknown. Uh, uh, upside for both of these guys. They're obviously pedigreed, both first-round picks. Both went off the board in the first eight picks of the NFL draft, and now they're going off the, the board here uh, with the you know two of the first 25 picks in the uh, Revelations draft here on the FFPC. So you have Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey there, and that's also paired with David Johnson. So he has running back, running back, running back. What do you think about that strategy with those players? <laughs> I think it's worth a shot. I, you know, I like... I like Fournette. I like McCaffrey. I feel like I should be saying more negative things, but I like I like all three of those players. I mean, he only needs to start two wide receivers on this team. It's a classic team, right? And I like I like the upside of Fournette and McCaffrey. The problem is though that odds are not great. Maybe the odds are like sixty percent that each one is is pretty good. Maybe seventy percent even. So if you take let's say it's seventy percent, then you're at forty nine percent if you take them together. This, of them both actually right. good. And this is a total points league here, too. So if there's inconsistency, whatever, you're going to get the points and, and uh, accrue them as the season goes on. Jay Ajayi is the next running back off the board, uh, followed by Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, Dave, falling to two-packer at the 303. This is a guy who was going in the mid-first round last year. Uh, he falls with uh, everybody see, seeing the Rams' offense exposed as it, uh, as it were, last year in, in 2016. So Gurley is the third pick off the board in the third round. And, David, and that brings us to – am I just looking at my counting right now? That's 12 running backs in the first 27 picks. So nearly half of the first cool. 27 picks it's a lot closer than it was. have been running backs. So that's uh, an interesting thing to pay attention to, especially if you're trying to get one or two elite guys on your roster. And maybe that's what the Rednecks were thinking in getting those three running backs right away, filling in the receivers later. And that's, you know, you talk about other fantasy formats, and that's why you have the old whack-off format where it's two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and one flex. That type of format, I'm advocating for FFPC's format a little bit because in that type of format, you would still have, like, eight running backs going, all, yeah. all these wide receivers. And no tight ends would have gone. Maybe Gronk would have gone by this point in the right. draft. So it just makes for a boring, uninteresting all wide receiver type draft. So wide receiver arms race. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's really it, so you can't possibly use a redneck strategy. You could not use a tree hugger strategy. It just wouldn't. It doesn't work in that format, and that's it's unfortunate because you know sometimes drafts go a certain way, and you want to take that running back, and you can't because you have to stack wide receivers. Yeah, the uh, tree hugger starting off with two running backs and a tight end there. Uh, after Gurley, Greg Olson is the selection by Kern Reeve at three hundred four. Allen Robinson, another first round guy, falls to the. Excuse me, the early third round, Greg Olson at the 305, or excuse me, Allen Robinson at the 305. Tyler Eifert is the fifth tight end off the board. He goes to 
Uh, Shane Hallam at the 306, followed by Lamar Miller, another guy who was going in the first round last year, sometimes in the second round, I guess, but he goes in the third round tonight. Demarius, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I got to get this Kelsey. Yeah, go me. ahead. Sorry, I said I was going to come back to you on Kelsey. So Kelsey, weeks 9 through 16, he averaged 16.438 fantasy points. The number two tight end during that time frame was uh, Cameron Braid, who averaged only 13 fantasy points. So he was a full three points ahead of the second best tight end. And he was actually almost double the points in the number 12 tight end, which was Martellus Bennett during that same time frame. 33 points in week 16, you know, 22 in week 13. You know, those, those two big performances helped. You know, there was a couple that were, but he didn't, had nothing under seven points. So I feel quite good about Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, again, that's a lot of those big performances were with Tyreek Hill on the field. So maybe Hill is more opening things up for Kelsey rather than taking things away. And let's look at, just real quick. I remember they got Patrick Mahomes now, too. Yep. The, the gunslinger. There you go. Jordan Reed had a zero week 13, a two week 14, a 1.6 week 15, and a zero week 16. Yeah. I'd be pissed off at it. No, I wouldn't want to draft him at all. Well, that's uh, something we'll have to talk to Tupacker about. Demarius Thomas to um, a Zeb Cap at the 308, followed by Doug Baldwin to Rock Frost, and then Jarvis Landry uh, as Bip Lab Mandel starts off with Three straight receivers. He gets Jarvis Landry at the 310. Marshawn Lynch to Peter St. Pierre at the 311. Is it 2014 again? Marshawn Lynch, a guy we talked about going maybe in the fifth or sixth round. He goes at the 311 tonight. Uh, So that is an interesting pick there, Dave. Maybe we were underrating the value that Marshawn Lynch could have, aged as he is, coming off a full year of rest, behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. To be fair to us, we were talking about his value drafting at that point when he was not officially signed, right. he was not inked. So now that he's signed... You know, Listen, now, I just assumed he was going to be. <laughs> well, then you should have... Apparently, I, should, I, didn't, I didn't rate him high enough. So Lynch goes at the 311 I, tonight. For taking a complete year off, I would probably still be passing on Lynch at the 311. Peter, Peter, you know, he's a great player, Peter St. Pierre, but I'm not taking Lynch there. There could be um, you know, some of these people time out and uh, th- then they don't say anything to like a round later or, or anything to the commissions and they get auto picked. He didn't time out. Mar- Mar- I'm, no, he didn't. But I'm saying like Marshawn Lynch for the auto picks this year might not be a bad decision. <laughs> Take the third round off. Let the, uh, let the system auto pick you Marshawn Lynch you uh, who could easily put up a, a you know, 11, 1200 yard season in, in Los Angeles he, or in uh, uh, Oakland or Vegas. Where the hell are the Raiders now? Who the hell knows? They're in Oakland. Where are they this year? Are they playing in like some sandlot somewhere that too short bought out of Oak Town? I don't know. Is that that part of the uh, financing agreement? Yeah, too short's a part owner in the team now. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Uh, Completing the third round is uh, Delaney Walker, the uh, sixth tight end off the board, the first one selected by Vincent Staffolino. So that is your first three rounds. We are going to get to a break here. We have much, much more coming up on the Revelations draft. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, this is live pick-by-pick coverage of FFPC high-stakes fantasy football here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The HSFF Hour is proud to bring you live pick-by-pick coverage from some of the heaviest hitters in the fantasy football industry here tonight. As we bring two different drafts, we are covering the Revelations $150 entry uh, right now for the uh, first hour of the show tonight. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzek. And we are beginning the fourth round here of the Revelations draft. And another rookie leads off the fourth round. We see Fournette go. We see Christian McCaffrey go. Hey, how about Dalvin Cook? 
He goes at the 401 tonight to the defending champ of this league, Vince Staffolino. Uh, Dalvin Cook, the newest Minnesota Viking, or one of the new Minnesota Vikings, I guess. Uh, he goes at the 401, followed by your boy, yeah. Tyreek Hill, one of the most electric players of the second half of the 2016 NFL season. Goes at the 402 as the second receiver to Peter St. Pierre. Talk about where he goes tonight. Tyreek Hill at the 402. Is this a spot where Dave Gerzak would look at maybe drafting this guy this year? I would. That's just kind of where he's been, get, been going. He's, I think his ADP is like right around the 403, 404. Uh, that's in regular PPR leagues where you probably uh, wouldn't have the tight ends getting elevated. So maybe the 407, 408, 409 area here. I like Hill. I mean, he doesn't have any injury risk. Uh, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he has any of those, uh, you know, anger disorder issues anymore. And he's a super, he's a playmaker. He's the most electric player on the team. I like Kelsey, but Tyree kills on a whole other level. He is on a whole other level. And then you have uh, somebody else who's on a whole other level, level, Bip Lab Mandel picking here in the uh, 10 spot. He starts off with his fourth straight receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. He goes AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey. So four wide receivers to kick things off for Bip. We will see how the notorious BIP fills in his backfield as we move on here covering this draft. Devontae Adams, interesting pick at 404. I'm starting to like Devontae Adams this year, Dave. Yeah, I mean, going back to Tyree Kill, I mean, I don't mind the Tyree Kill pick, but when you see Alshon, Adams, and then, you know, I'm going to spoil it, the Keenan Allen after that, that's tough. I mean, those are all really good players. They're really good players, but I feel like you would take Hill over all those guys. It's a little early for me. to. I don't know exactly what I would do at that point. I, I'll tell you what you would do. You would have taken Hill. You rip on Alshon Jeffrey all the time and I never like draft Jeffrey. him. I tried, I've been trying to trade him in Carrington. No one's smart enough to take him off my right, Exactly. It's a, the shrewd league, Dave. <laughs> Bunch of morons. By the, way, by the way, you want Martavis Bryant in that league. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Yeah. Devontae Adams is the uh, pick after that, uh, after Jeffrey. He's another guy that I think you've drafted maybe once in your career. You know, I, I liked him a lot as a, you know, coming into the league, and yeah. then he kind of busted and flamed out a little bit, so I was down on him. But it, and so I missed last year, except for in, in a couple of leagues. But uh, I like him. I mean, why why shouldn't he do well? Randall Cobb is just not that great. In a vacuum, who would you rather have this year, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill? Probably Adams, unfortunately. Okay. That's interesting to me. I would not have pegged you for that. Uh, you know, it, it is pretty close, but I don't know. I'm, it's, very, it's pretty cool. Okay, well, we'll move on. We'll let you flesh out those thoughts as the have, season goes on. Yeah, that's fine. Carlos Hyde is the pick after Devontae Adams. Carlos Hyde, who seems to be falling out of favor uh, in San Francisco. I mean, if you're reading between the lines of what the front office and the coaching staff is, is saying there. So that's when they come right pick. out and say he does not fit in our system. Right. That's not a good sign. Yeah, it's, I guess you're not even reading between the lines. You're just simply <laughs> reading the lines. Like, Don't even have to look between them. <laughs> Right there, black knew, and white. You had a surgery here at the hospital. Yeah. Well, you know, as a lead cardiologist, uh, you know, we don't really like doing heart surgeries so much. Anymore. Be, be interesting as, uh, you know, in a press conference for the Niners, just come right out and say to, to Kyle Shanahan, hey, Kyle, do you like Carlos Hyde? <laughs> I mean, just like flat out. Just, well, do you, how do you, you, you have a personal problem with him or what? Yeah, do, I mean, do you like him as a football player? <laughs> he doesn't fit our system, so you don't like him is what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the first quarterback. You talked him up and tried to trade him like any other deceitful organization. <laughs> yes, like a normal, why, like a normal it? lying, <laughs> deceitful, disingenuous organization. Yeah, talking about baseball, like Moneyball. You know those guys have been like, oh, we love Carlos Hyde. I mean, yeah. you, gotta, you should. I mean, oh, why are you trying to trade him? I mean, no, well, he's perfect for us. But I guess you know, I guess we let you have. Him. Yeah. Well, that I mean the way you sell that is he's an awesome player. He's a Hall of Famer. 
He just doesn't can't be a Hall of Famer in our system. Yeah, there you go. That, there you go. Good job. First quarterback off the board is Aaron Rodgers to Kevin Bassaker at the 406, followed by our fourth rookie off the board tonight, and it is Joe Mixon, the number one running back for Jake Butts X. That is Shane Hallam's uh, team. Mixon as his number one running back. Dave, he might be the Bengals' number one running back this year. And I'm talking early season, not like a Tyree Kill rise. He might be there as number one right away in September. I agree. I mean, the fact that he went in the mid-second round, this guy with all these this big problem that he had, coming back from that, and they still took him in the mid-second round, I mean, meant that they valued him as like a high first-round pick. I mean, barring all that, those issues, um, I, I think it's a, it's a fine pick. All right. Well, granted, it was the Bengals taking him. In yeah, the I know. Round. I know that they don't care or anything like that. They right. actually had, they had wrote a nice little statement about how you know he's a terrific football player and he made a mistake and yeah. like everybody knows that. I think they paid some staffer for the Patriots to write that, <laughs> and then Patriots sent that over. So some PR person. Yeah, some PR person. Anyway. I think Mixon's a good pick. I mean, you have to take some risks here. I mean, because he didn't ha- he didn't take a running back yet. Uh, and so I, I like mixing there for sure. Keenan Allen, the next pick off the board, you alluded to him, boy, if you're looking at this team, Brian Holgen's team here, if you're looking at this in 2016, Antonio Brown, DeMarco Murray, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, there's a lot of first round picks on that team. right? I there. like that. That's good. What the getting the proven player coming off a bad year. Yeah, exactly. Strategy. Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen. Those are, I mean, those are guys. Okay. You sucked last year. Now is Blake Bortles hitting the Blake bottles? I mean, that's what he <laughs> was. He was a drunk all off season. Yeah. And now he's working, working out and he's doing, doing the system properly. So he'll be supposedly better. And Keenan Allen, I mean, he just got to pray that he doesn't get hurt. I I'm just, re- I'm just really surprised. And, and I don't think this is just in the, the injury speaking here for Keenan Allen, for him to slip essentially, three rounds, almost four rounds of value from 2016 to 2017. I think that the other thing that's weighing on people who are thinking about drafting Keenan Allen is the fact that the Chargers went out and drafted Mike Williams with the, you know, whatever it was, seventh overall pick or something like that's, that. I think that's a huge overreaction if that's the case. I mean, I know that they I did. think that's part of it. I, don't, I can't, I can't right. believe you, you're falling that far just because of a torn ACL. Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams has about a 40% chance to end up like Treadwell-esque. Not saying overall, but I'm saying... Treadwell asked for his rookie season where he does virtually nothing. He's got to beat a Tyrell Williams. He's not going to do that. I can guarantee you that he probably won't do that. Uh, like how I guarantee that he probably won't do that. Yes. I guarantee that he probably <laughs> won't have a good chance of potentially possibly making that happen. There's only a 50% chance of that. Right. I, I don't know how these percentages work. I was told there would be no math. Tom Brady, the second quarterback off the board to Kern Reeve at the 409. Followed by Sammy Watkins to two-packer Brandon. Wow, man, two-packer taking Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins goes to two-packer. Interesting. Okay, Brandon Marshall. He would never accept a trade-off for Furman Carrington. Maybe now he will. He's he's vested in on. That's true. Dalton for the guy who went before him, Brady. Brandon Marshall is the penultimate pick of the fourth round to Todd Hunter and completing the the fourth round. Kyle Rudolph at the 412 tonight, Dave. Kyle Rudolph the whipping boy of fantasy footballers everywhere for most of his career comes on last year, like a bad eye, you know, where, and now he's the seventh tight end off the board here in the fourth round of the uh, draft tonight. Fantastic stuff. If we do an HSFF hour drinking game, if you're doing it at home, yeah, you should take a shot every time Balky says penultimate during one of our draft coverages. Do I say penultimate a lot? I feel, I mean, it's a, first of all, it's a great word. It's a great word. It flows off my tongue. You're one of the few people who can, can do it. I cannot execute it like you can. So you said it twice tonight. It's okay. You can say it a few more times. People are getting a little more drunk. That certainly was not the penultimate time. I will say <laughs> penultimate tonight. Ah, drink. Yeah. Fill it up. Penultimate, penultimate, penultimate. <laughs> All right, everybody's passed out. So Kyle Rudolph completes the fourth round, seven tight ends off the board, two run, or two quarterbacks off the board 
and an S-load of running backs and receivers as we expected through four rounds tonight. Dave, some interesting picks in the fifth round is um, we're, we're getting to people taking stands on certain guys, and, and I think it's interesting uh, that we look at this. We have Jimmy Graham at the 501, so the Rednecks still do not have a receiver. They double up on tight end. They have three running backs already on their roster. A lot of firepower there. Again, like you said, you only have to draft two running backs. You only have to start two receivers, excuse me. Um, so we'll see how they fill in those cracks. But they have a lot of firepower at those two positions right now. Spencer Ware off the board at the 502 to Todd Hunter as his third running back. Stephon Diggs, the number one uh, receiver for Minnesota, goes to two-packer there as his third wide receiver, Julian Edelman. We were wondering how far he would fall after the Brandon Cooks trade, and he falls to the 504. It's weird that we see Edelman in the fifth round of an FFPC draft, Dave, when he's not coming off some sort of injury, because it seems like that's why we always ding Edelman in drafts, is he's got a foot thing, an ankle thing, a knee thing, a shoulder thing, an elbow thing, a concussion thing. He doesn't have anything except for he's got a Cooks thing. And he slips to the fifth round tonight. And he, and he slips to the team that took Cooks, which is very interesting. Yeah, the uh, Kern Reeve doubling up. So his top two receivers, both on the same team. Did you happen to notice who his quarterback is, Dave? He's got the hookup. The He's got hookup. a lot of Patriots, Brady, Cooks, Edelman. I mean, uh, why do you draft all these guys on a team that scores all the time? Yeah, why would you so do that? Stupid. Yes, and, we'll be, and we'll, listen, we'll be talking about this uh, with Kern Reeve when we uh, have him on for winning the Revelations League and say, hey, Kern, <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, you know, New England averages 70 points a game. I figured I'd get their top two receivers and their quarterback. It just made sense to me. Third quarterback off the board, Drew Brees to Brian Holgen at the 505. Dave, your uh, favorite whipping boy du jour, I would say, is Dante Moncrief, and he goes at the 506 to He's Shane Hallam. Yes, if we know. You, <laughs> you've made that uh, totally clear over the past 18 months of this show. <laughs> Um, Isaiah Kroll as the third running back going to uh, Kobe's crew. That's Kevin Bassaker picking out of the seventh spot. Tevin Coleman goes to uh, Zeb Cap at the 508 as his third running back. The third receiver for uh, Rock Frost is his fifth-round selection. He pairs Doug Baldwin and Devontae Adams with Terrell Pryor. I guess that's not really a pair. He adds Terrell Pryor to his <laughs> wide receiver core. Right. And then the quote-unquote starting Running back for the Packers is uh, the number one running back for Biplab Mandel. It's Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery goes at the 5-10 tonight. Interesting situation to pay attention to here because we're not really sure what the Packers are doing with their running backs. Mike McCarthy has come out and said the, that his starting running back is Montgomery. Now, we know he has the sickle cell. We know they never really pounded McCarthy? him. No, McCarthy. Uh, did I say McCarthy has the six? No. You know what? He might. You know, I've seen a lot of West African traits in uh, in Mike McCarthy. You said he has a sickle cell. Yeah. Uh, so Montgomery has that. Mon- Mon- Montgomery has a sickle cell trait. They didn't really, uh, you know, give him 20, 25 touches a game. I don't think they did in any game last year. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens uh, with the Packers throughout this um, throughout the summer. Uh, but Ty Montgomery, looking like he is the number one running back in a high-powered offense, so he goes. The five ten tonight. I would think it wouldn't be that expensive for a House of Cards if he wants to pick up Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, those two running backs that they drafted. Well, I mean, now, what, how hard would that? Okay, be? yeah, it's not. It wouldn't be very hard. But what's your opinion on that? It, if it, you want to double handcuff the pass, yeah, soaking three or sinking three roster spots into essentially one backfield situation. And bear in mind, this is not a DE. You are going to have to pick essentially one of these guys to start. I take week. Williams because he was drafted earlier. 
Jones is supposedly you know, has the better spark score. Yeah. But Williams is supposedly the better, more accomplished back. So I guess we'll see. The fact they took Williams first is the guy that I would handcuff. And Jones probably will not be drafted at all in the 20 round. Yeah. I, think I don't he, think Aaron yeah, Jones gets drafted. No, you're probably right. Maybe he does. I don't know. You know, what's interesting is, is I'm with you on the whole Aaron Jones thing because he seems to be clearly the most athletic guy of the two, clearly the, the best pass catcher of the two. But now I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter and, and different advice sites out there. Oh, which, by the way, I'm... Uh, Waldman likes him, too. Like, yeah. Waldman likes Williams. Uh, yeah. Um, Actually, he likes both those running backs. I, w- I would say, like, I was listening to the Football Guys Audible podcast right. last night. All those guys were singing the praises of, of, of Jamal Williams yeah. last night. They, they all seemed to really like him. Um, you know, he didn't have the greatest combine, but what he did on the field... I, God, I can't. I, again, this is me not attributing this to the right person. But they said, listen, all this guy is missing is that elite breakaway speed. Well, Eddie Lacy never had that. Right. And look what he was able to do in this offense. Now, I mean, well, Jamal Williams is no Eddie Lacy, but maybe that's a good thing. Well, the one thing I did read is that Jamal Williams, he's from BYU. He just left for his two-year mission. So I don't know if that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem if you're making this kind of stuff up on the show. <laughs> Matt Waldman actually um, said that he would be a. He's not doing the mission. He should have to do the mission. A first, maybe already did a first round rookie pick, first round pick in the rookie draft that's, for Dynasty. That's BS. He won't be. You don't think he would be? This year in rookie Dynasty drafts. Yeah. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Well, listen. I, I'm just don't shoot the messenger, man. This is what Waldman said. I mean, I, I just don't think he's not going that early. With all the tight ends, with all the talented tight ends. And you, still got you know, with FFPC, too, you you got to believe that the tight ends get pushed up there, so you're probably right. Maybe in some <laughs> lesser format without tight end premium scoring. <laughs> Can I talk about Jimmy Graham real quick? Yeah, the Jimmy Graham was the 501 pick tonight to the Rednecks as his second tight end. I, I think that Jimmy Graham is still being discounted too much. I think he should be going earlier, and quite a bit earlier, actually, maybe even a couple rounds earlier. And, I, and the reason I think that is because I went back to, I'm you know, going back to Jake Rickrow's Roto World article. When I was looking through it the other day, he has this thing where he's talking about all these draft picks. And Jimmy Graham drafted in uh, 2010. So since 2000, so 2011, Jimmy Graham was the number two tight end, then number one, then number one, then number two, then in 15, nothing. He wasn't ranked. And then in 2016, he was the number four tight end. This guy, I mean, out of all of his years, he's only had one year where he's been not a top four tight end. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you have one, two, three, four. Like all those guys went in front of him, and Jimmy Graham's sitting over there the 501, and he's never been below a fourth, except for that one year when he was uh, he got messed up. Yeah, he's the eighth tight end off the board tonight. Uh, I mean, to me, that's sweet. Shane Hallam also chiming in in the chat. They usually do the Mormon mission before college, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry so, about that. So maybe he's done a couple, given that <laughs> – I don't know if people know this, but Jamal Williams is actually a little bit old. Is he? For, yeah, he is actually 32. He might, not even, he might not even be Mormon either. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, but, yeah, 32 <laughs> – being drafted as a 32-year-old is a – oh, no, sorry, 42-year-old Jamal Williams. Did not realize that. But uh, So maybe he doesn't have very much tread on the tires left. There you go. You're probably right about him not being a first-round rookie pick. I get it. I don't think so. There's only one guy I would take in the rookie draft at, in the, in, uh, at 42 years old, and it was the, the quarterback uh, that Scott Bakula played in Necessary Roughness. He'd <laughs> yeah. be the only guy that's worthwhile. He is. He was like, how old was he supposed to be? I don't know. He's super old, though. All these overaged actors. Just like in 13 Reasons Why, they're all like 26. Didn't watch it. Mark Ingram, the uh, 5'11 tonight. He is the third running back selected by Peter St. Pierre. And then Kelvin Benjamin rounding out the fifth round tonight. And Vincent, uh, Vince Staffelino's uh, third receiver. So a lot of the teams tonight, Dave, so far, I'm looking at one, two, three. Uh, four, five, six. So half the teams in the league have three receivers after five rounds. I kind of believe 
that the average last year was probably like nine or 10 teams would have three receivers after five rounds last year. Yeah, that's true. So we are seeing the return of the, the revenge of the running back uh, coming up this year. Uh, we have only seen three quarterbacks go tonight, but uh, you know, eight tight ends to me seems about normal what you would see uh, through five rounds in an FFPC draft. So I, I do think that running backs are – you're seeing, you're seeing backups. Tevin Coleman is a backup. He goes in the fifth round tonight. You weren't really seeing that last year. We don't know what, what sort of timeshare Carlos Hyde, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Spencer Ware, uh, all these guys, they're, they're all big question marks as far as how much of a role they will have with their team this year. And here they are being drafted in the fourth and fifth round. You know, I, I, I agree. I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? Well, I, want, I guess I just wanted you to agree with me. <laughs> Moving on to the uh, sixth round. Thank, I don't, I don't have thanks, a good uh, analysis. so much for the – listen, a pat on the back suffices for analysis on this you show, my friend. You perfect on that one, Walkie. The sixth round is underway. We do have a couple of my favorite players going in the sixth round. We're going to tell you who they are, what we think of them. I think they're awesome. Dave thinks they suck. I'm trying, by the way, I was, I'm trying to do my Cutler imitation for when he's to be on Fox. Yeah, let's do a Cutler imitation when we come back from break. I'll, I'll be Joe Buck, you be Jay Cutler. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Don't do it now. So you're spoiling it. This is a tease. We're teasing. We've got to go to a break, and then we'll come back and do it. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour covering live drafts tonight, Revelations and Genesis from the FFPC. Balky and Dave return on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network right after this. Moving into the sixth round of the FFPC Revelations 20-round classic redraft league tonight. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. We are giving you live pick-by-pick coverage here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We, uh, we're into the sixth round here tonight, Dave. And, uh, I, you know, I'll just kind of go through it because this is a heavy wide receiver round. If you didn't have a third receiver mm. uh, on your roster, chances are you took one here. And if you didn't have a first receiver on your roster yet, you <laughs> took one here as well. So everybody's got at least one receiver. We have a rookie going off the board here. This is an exciting Sixth round, let's get to it. Michael Crabtree leads things off to the returning champ of the Revelations draft. Uh, that is Vince Staffolino taking Crabtree. Martellus Bennett, the uh, starting tight end for the Green Bay Football Packers, goes to Peter St. Pierre as the ninth tight end off the board at 6.02. C.J. Anderson, another one of my favorites. He goes at the 6.03. He is the second running back for Bip Lab Mandel. We talked about this. How would Bip fill in those running back positions after starting off with four straight receivers? Uh, you weren't going to get any kind of sure bets there, but falling into Ty Montgomery and C.J. Anderson, you could do a lot worse. Do you notice anything interesting about Bip Labs team? Um, a lot of uh, initials, guys. Yes, all any player with initials or with a two-letter name, Bip Lab has taken every one in the draft. So yeah, four, all four of them. A.J. T.Y. Another uh, Ty. C.J. Anderson. Maybe yeah. Ty Law will be up next. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know what else is left. Cy Grissom from uh, Con Air coming up in the ninth round. That's uh, a possibility. I don't know. I, I really don't know what, what we'll see. Um, it's my little obsessive compulsive disorder. That, yes. That, in autism, that kind of saw that. Golden Tate, the uh, fourth receiver taken by Rock Frost, it goes at the uh, 604 tonight, followed by the timeless, ageless, and peerless Larry Fitzgerald at 605 to Zeb Cap, followed by Emmanuel Sanders, the number two receiver for the Broncos, is the number two receiver for Kobe's crew. That's Kevin Bassaker's squad. Martavis Bryant 
NFL MVP 2017 going in the sixth round. What a steal. What a great deal. <laughs> and the number four receiver for Shane Hallam's squad as well. Kudos to you, Shane. Uh, we will uh, have you on for your uh, Revelations Championship interview shortly. <laughs> Willie Sneed right after that, the number two receiver for New Orleans, goes to Brian Holgen as his number four wideout. Eddie Lacy, the starter in Seattle. Uh, we'll see. He's the uh, second uh, running back chosen by Kern Reeve. He probably. goes tonight at the 6.09. No, he is the second running back chosen by Kern. Oh, you're saying he's probably going to be the starter. Right, so yeah, hopefully okay. he's sitting in a lot of sushi restaurants up there. That would be ideal. Is that, is su- I know fish is big in Seattle. Is sushi big in Seattle? I suppose there's probably yeah, some sort of Japanese like, influence there. Yeah, I mean, actually, there is more of an Asian influence on the West Coast. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. And plus, you know, people like there, like, it's kind of a hipster thing. You have, I'm, I'm going to go for some sushi. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's hipsters everywhere. Well, I mean, You're saying there's, there's heavy hipster. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of hipsters in Seattle. Heavy hipster there. Yeah, yeah. the heavy, heavy hipster influence. But there, but when you have like, the hipsters and the Asian culture coming together, you know what that produces? A ton of sushi restaurants. But keep in mind, there are, no, there, there are very few heavy hipsters. They're not really heavy. They're usually really skinny. Yeah, skinny because all their sushi is gluten-free, <laughs> along with there, their beer. There are a few that are heavy, but not Yeah. Heavy. Uh, Randall Cobb, Lacey's uh, old real-life teammate in Green Bay, is the fourth receiver taken by two-packer. He goes in the sixth round. Let's talk about that pick real quick uh, because Randall Cobb is a guy you've historically not really liked that much. Correct. What do you make of him this year going in, essentially going into a contract year? I believe he's going into a contract year. uh, For uh, There was talk that they might have cut him this year. They did not. They're paying him again. They still have Nelson Adams. They bring in Martellus Bennett. What do you make of Randall Cobb as a sixth-round pick? I just don't think he's all that talented of a player. I never have really thought that he is. I think that he, he's, he would be a guy that is worth jack crap on 24 of the other teams in the NFL because he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. He got the payday great. He's made plays. I mean, he gets open and, you know, he gets open against cover two coverage in the end zone. He does a great job of that. Right. Uh, I just don't think he's all that great. And I think there's risk when you have Jordy Nelson and you have Devontae Adams both being drafted ahead of him, both outperforming him. Outperforming him. Now you're the third target in the Packers' offense, which has value. And in some seasons, it gets you 11, 12 touchdowns, and in some seasons, it doesn't. I love Jordy Nelson, but I'm nervous about him this year. Heading into his age 32 season, I mean, this seems like, if you look at, um, I think that was, uh, was it Jake's article, or somebody, somebody else had a great article on, on when wide receivers. Historically, when wide receivers drop off, and and the, the um, sort of analysis on it, or, or the you know, um, rough rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. If a receiver has a resurgence or a big time year at age 31, then it's the time to get what you can for him in dynasty. You know, now it doesn't always apply. Jordy's not, he's not commanding high values right now in dynasty. I don't think. Okay. I mean, you, what do you, so what do you think he, what do you think the average draft, we can ask the message, message yeah. or two in dynasty. What do you guys think the average, you know, trade value would be from like the one Oh six, one Oh seven. That's what I think. So what? So I don't think he, I don't think that people would buy him. I don't think someone's giving up the 103 or 104 pick for Jordy. Would you give up the 106 for him? Would I? No, I would not. Okay, because you value the the rookies more. Because I value the pick more, but I mean, I would probably give up the 107, 108, 109, anything beyond 108. I'd okay. Look at All right. Fair enough. That's my personal take. I don't know what everybody else thinks. Well, who knows? Listen, I I don't pay attention to what other people think on the show. The only opinion that matters is mine, and I really don't That's care. That's true. To, what do you think? I don't know. I guess if somebody offered me the 108, now let's see. If somebody, yeah, if somebody offered me the 108 for Jordy Nelson, I, I think I'd probably do it. Now it's easier it's to as an owner. As an owner, it, so, you, so you wouldn't it, pay it though. If you, have, you would never. You don't like right. Well, the the thing is, like, it, it's so hard for me 
to make this decision when I'm not being presented it in real life? I don't know. It's just in a vacuum. It's just, you're you're thinking of stuff okay, on the spot. It's Eric, tough for me. I own Jordy Nelson. Now, yeah. you offer, would you offer me the one ten? I understand the logistics of it. Okay, but I I, I own him, and you listen, have to pick one of one of my problems. Let me tell you how this you works. ask my therapist this. I'm emotionally attached to my to my dynasty players. You are the true endowment effect. I it's not it's not endowment. It has nothing to do with endowment. It has everything to do with me having a one on one personal relationship with every player who steps onto a dynasty roster that I'm on. That's true. So you're not. It's not because you overvalue them. It's because you. I love them as people, Dave. You think they're just precious. I, we hang out on Fridays. What about Carlos Hyde? We drink. We uh, we have food. Didn't you part with Hyde? Well, Very listen, Hyde. Uh, I, he said he was going to leave the tip one night at a restaurant, and it was a pretty bad one. So <laughs> he and I aren't getting along right now. But I do own him still in one league, so I can't just. <laughs> Rally Cap says that he raised Jordy from a baby. Yeah, listen. How how can you? <laughs> possibly trade Jordy Nelson when you're raising him from a baby. You know, that's actually, that's a really good way to phrase it because especially when you draft, like if you drafted Amari Cooper as a rookie, you're like, oh, I love Amari Cooper. And then he has this great rookie season and he doesn't have that great of a second year. He's like, come on back, buddy. And you never want to deal him. You just want to own him the whole time. And then you can be like, well, yeah, I owned Amari Cooper for like 15 years the whole time. And now he's a Hall of Famer. See, but that's, I'm awesome. that's what it is. It's like a kid that disappoints you. It's just like, oh, you know, he's just a little <laughs> rascal. He just needs to get his head on straight. He's, he's a little rascal. Just uh, needs some good guidance. He needs a father figure, <laughs> which I know is my about, job. You but say that about your kids. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, terrible. My kids would be great. Just need the father figure. Uh, completing the uh, six-round core, Davis, the first rookie receiver off the board is the second receiver for Todd Hunter's team. And Rashard Matthews, the number one receiver to the uh, running back and tight end-dominated redneck squad. Now, he does, as we move into the seventh round, uh, um, add to that receiving core. But, Dave, Jamison Crowder and Rashard Matthews, I know he's very potent at those other positions. Not a huge fan of uh, those being my starting receivers every week, but beggars can't be choosers at this point. Yeah, it's true. And Matthews, I mean, you had Corey Davis get picked, so that's, I mean, that's a problem. But Matthews was pretty productive last year, and Crow- I think Crowder is really productive. I think he'll be pretty solid. Not a huge fan of Todd Hunter's second pick of the uh, seventh round here was Zach Ertz, but it is his second tight end. There's a lot of uh, upside to be mined there. And listen, getting a second tight end in this format too early usually isn't necessarily a terrible thing. It's the guys who take one that like, you know, wait till like the sixth or seventh round to grab one. And then they don't grab another one until like round 11. And then you're like, what, what the hell happened to my team? Well, you don't have a tight end, you know, <laughs> or a consistent one. Tight ends were so hit or miss last year. So I think getting that safety there uh, of Zachary, makes sense. I probably would have passed. I, I might've gone. I probably would receiver. Well, I don't know if I would have gone receiver, but I might've gone with a different tight end there. Um, Corey Coleman, the number one receiver in Cleveland? I mean, do we assume that that's going to be the case? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Look at what the team did. What did the team do? They got rid of Terrell Pryor. Right. Well, they didn't get rid of him. They chose not to sign him. Yeah, same thing. Whatever. Well, I mean, they didn't outwardly shop him. <laughs> they just, he signed with somebody else. Okay, you're right. But what did they do to improve the receiving core otherwise? They got David Njoku. Yep. So that's a tight end. And a rookie they got rid of Gary Barnage. It sounds only like Barnage. So, I mean, they, to, all their moves indicate to me that Corey Coleman is going to be the guy that's getting all the targets. Right. Uh, well, the, many of the targets. Deshaun Jackson, the uh, second receiver for the uh, Tampa Buccaneers, he goes to uh, Kern Reeves' sudden berth at the 7.04, followed by Theo Riddick and Doug Martin, a couple of running backs. Riddick to Brian Holgen, uh, Doug Martin to uh, Shane Hallam tonight 
Eric Ebron, the selection after that, a guy who uh, certainly has all the talent in the world. Detroit, I don't believe, drafted Except a tight end this year. He's not good at the catching part. Yeah, not great at catching, but you know that can be taught. The catching, it's got to get better at that. Yeah. Listen, he's not a uh, tight receiver. He's a tight end, okay? So Eric Ebron is the number one tight end chosen by uh, Kevin Bassiker. The fourth quarterback off the board tonight is Matt Ryan to Zeb Cap squad. Blau Powell. What do you make of the Bilal Powell pick here from Rock Frost as his second running back at the 709? Matt Forte still looming in that backfield, but not a whole lot else. Dude, I, I really like how I like how his team is coming together, and especially when you look at his next pick, which we'll get to. I like the Powell pick a lot, actually. Because, you know, no matter what happens with Matt Forte, he's still going to get his 10 to 12 points a game. And when Forte gets hurt, as he inevitably will, then you're talking about 20, 20. He was getting 25 points a game. Powell was just yeah. crushing it late last year. I remember that, too, because, you know, it's funny. Well, I don't want to get into how terrible my teams were, but I wasn't really looking at um, a couple of my squads too closely because um, I had to start Bilal Powell a couple of weeks because they, my, my teams just were not – I mean, they're fringe playoff teams, and, and it just didn't happen. But Bilal Powell, um, you know, I look at the boxer and like, wow, you had 12 catches. Oh, you had 13 catches. Yeah. Oh, you had 11 catches. You know, where is this coming from? Yeah, week 15, 14, you had a 35 and a half. Just crazy. And a 27.2 week 15. I mean, it's unbelievable. 9.4 week 16, but, man, he can go off. And, and listen, the Jets still do not have a talented quarterback back there that is going to be able to pump the ball downfield. <laughs> you know There's they, no talent on the team. They don't have they're too many talented receivers either. So, like, oh, Bilal right. Powell, listen. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's do the Belichick test here. Yeah. Belichick's playing the Jets. Who's the one guy you take away? He's trying to stop Powell. Is it Powell or Decker? <laughs> Decker could get cut there still saying. Yeah, oh my God. This team is, this, they're going on full out like 76ers in the NBA where they're just trying to be like, get like two wins. Yeah. Just get that number one pick. Get the number one pick. By the way, did you, speaking of the Jets, did you notice that um, our good friend Farrell Elliott, whose client is McLeod Bethel Thompson? Yeah, okay, I saw that he was he, trying out. I thought Farrell told me that two days ago. He's like, the, he said he called me and he's like, you know, that good news. The Jets are trying out. Well, I can't do Farrell, but he's like, the Jets are trying out McLeod Bethel Thompson. Yeah. They said we'll give him an honest look and see. You see, which I thought and football guys are saying that he's probably better than any quarterback. Yeah, he's got a great. I mean, this is a perfect uh, situation. <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought Farrell did not represent McLeod Bethel Thompson anymore. He does represent him. He does. Yeah. He always has. I think he, I think he has always. Okay, has. interesting. So what you're saying is he never gave up on him. Despite exactly. offers for McLeod Bethel Thompson to take. He's a, he's a very good owner. He, just he like you, raised him from a baby, <laughs> kept him on, uh, on the Farrell roster, and now look at him. Yeah, when you, when you don't have many there. kids, you don't throw them up. Um, Hunter Henry <laughs> is the first uh, Chargers tight end off the board tonight. Not a real surprise, but still worth noting. The 7-10 pick as the first tight end to Vip Lab Mandel's team. Uh, Jared Cook, the second tight end drafted by the Doughboys, Peter St. Pierre squad, and then Danny Woodhead rounding out the seventh round here too. Vince Staffolino, Dave, I don't think we have a whole lot uh, of more time here to spend on revelations before we um, shift over to Genesis at the top of the hour. Uh, we should just go down with these teams and, and just kind yeah. of assess them like we normally do. Now, what's amazing to me, I don't know if you've realized this. I but, love all of them. But every team that we've ever covered on this show, I've never found a bad one. I know. It's, it's, it's insane that it happens every year. I might find one bad and one. And let me tell you something. I'm looking at these teams right now. I don't see a bad one among them. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. So let's go through the, uh, the Rednecks. Kicking things off, their running backs, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the receivers are Shard Matthews, Jameson Crowder, Adam Thielen. 
Tight ends, Cal Rudolph, Jimmy Graham, and quarterback, Jameis Winston. Dave, no question for me on the quarterbacks or tight ends. I love them. Uh, the running backs, to me, again, if Fournette and McCaffrey hit, you're, I mean, you're basically drafting those guys at their upside, which is difficult for me to say, hey, great job. But it's also difficult for me to say, hey, those are terrible picks. Right. Um, the receivers, big-time worries for me here. It, he's, he's going to have to do a good job cobbling together a, a core here in the second half. This is um, Larry Jilton and Woody Woodruff's team. Uh, but the rest of the squad, there's a lot of firepower there. Yeah, I mean, if he can get the 400 points out of David Johnson, that gives you a lot of room for error, actually. And I, the problem is that there might be some errors because with Fournette and McCaffrey, you're counting on both of them to be productive because the receivers are so poor. So I think that's that's my concern. You're going to need those 400 points out of Johnson. Yeah, and and so we look at um, Todd Hunter's team next here. Um, the quarterback is Russell Wilson, Ezekiel Elliott, J.H.I., Spencer Ware at running back. Brandon Marshall, Corey Davis, Jordan Matthews at receiver, Travis Kelsey, and Zach Ertz are the tight ends. Like the tight ends, I have no problem with the quarterback. Uh, the running backs, I don't know how big of a fan I am of, of Ajayi and certainly Spencer Ware. There is a lot of upside there, assuming that you know Kareem Hunt doesn't take the job and, and run with it. There's uh, a legitimate pun, shot, pun intended. That, by the way, I don't like the Spencer Ware pick. Not that I don't like the pick. Right. I just don't like Spencer Ware in general. Right. You've never I'm, been a Ware guy. I own him on one team. I, I've always tried to trade him. But Spencer Ware, I think Hunt does take that job. Ware is not a pedigreed back. Always the worst for Ware with Dave Gerzak, yeah, well, with well, Spencer Ware. Brandon Marshall, Corey Davis, Jordan Matthews, I don't think that you're a huge fan of that wide receiver crew. No, there's some risk there. I mean, with Corey Davis, I don't think as a rookie, rookie he's going to be that productive. Jordan Matthews is more of a slot player. Uh, Marshall should be all right, though, as always. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, Brandon Marshall uh, with the uh, New York Giants this year as well. Let's get into uh, unofficial mascot of the show, Ron Meyer. by far the worst team of all. Two Packers, clearly. Uh, Todd, terrible. Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> Kareem Hunt are the uh, running backs. Uh, receivers Evans, Watkins, Diggs, Cobb, Coleman. Uh, the tight end is Jordan Reed. David Reed stays healthy, which is a big if. That's an if with a capital I, capital F. Uh, he's looking very good at tight end. He has some explosive possibilities at running back. Not a ton of safety there. The receivers are very, very deep um, and very elite at the top of the board with Mike Evans. You know, if he can hit on Kamara or Hunt, actually, I think he'll be okay. His receivers are actually pretty good. I was just kidding around. Uh, Jordan Reed is obviously solid, too. And I think Gurley's in for a bounce back here. Yeah, he definitely should be with uh, Sean McVay running uh, the ship there in uh, Los Angeles. Kern Reeve, Tom Brady, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, and Amir Abdullah in the backfield. Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, Deshaun Jackson, John Ross at receiver, and Greg Olson at tight end. My favorite team so far, I think. Kern Reeve, I really like this squad. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, Olson and Brady, I don't think those were... I mean, it's weird. Usually you think they're too early, but I thought he got really good value with Abdullah in the eighth round. I mean, the team has pretty much said that it's his job. And then Lacey, I think, in the sixth round wasn't bad either. So he, he picked up value with Edelman, Lacey, even Deshaun Jackson and Abdullah. Jackson's in the command targets, and, the, you know, O.J. Howard's not going to really get that money as a rookie tight end. He's just not going to be that great, even though he's one of the most pro-ready guys. Uh, dude Platinum, that's Brian Holgen out of the five-spot. Drew Brees at quarterback. DeMarco Murray, Theo Riddick at running back. Antonio Brown, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Willie Sneed, Eric Decker at receiver. Tight end is Jack Doyle. Uh, the receiver is extraordinarily strong on his team. Love the quarterback. Um, as the second running back, Theo Riddick, that makes me a little bit nervous. And Jack Doyle, while I do believe he finished as a borderline top 12 tight end <laughs> last year, I'm not sure I'd want him as my number one tight end this year. Although maybe he, he surprises me. He seems like a movie character. Jack Doyle? Yeah. I guess. Special agent Doyle. Yeah. Yeah, that's not like a real like uh, not like an NFL. More like a like not not like a hard 
special agent like character. That's more like a principal like type character. Yeah, that's true. Guy, Principal's guy, guy, like an authoritarian, but with yeah. a softer side for working with <laughs> children. You know, you're, you can tell you're a writer. Principal Doyle. All right, so yeah, I like the receivers quite a bit. Murray's great pick. Drew Brees is great. Doyle, like you said. But I think this team has potential. I mean, I do too. He's, he does have to find that tight end. I mean, so I, I think he's going to have to go tight end by committee, grab two or three more of them, and, and pray. You listen to Brian Holgen on the uh, high stakes lowdown or on the high stakes fantasy football, or this is something that, that he's always said that he doesn't believe in pumping up these, these elite tight ends super early. He'll more fill in the cracks with the elite guys that fall to him because of that, yeah. and then, uh, you know, piece together a tight end core later. So no yeah. surprise there from what he is trying to do tonight. Shane Hallam, Jake Butts. X, quiet, going to get into some trouble tonight. Uh, no quarterback as of yet. Joe Mixon, Doug Martin, Paul Perkins, Robert Kelly are the running backs. Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Dante Moncrief, Martavis Bryant, and Tyler Eifert at tight end. Dave, if uh, Eifert's healthy, love that pick. And I'm good with the rest of this squad. I really like this team as well. You know, obviously, you know, I don't like Mixon. Not Mixon. I like Mixon. I don't like Moncrief and Bryant. So those are my two areas that I probably... You're not a big Paul Perkins guy either. No, I you know that. what... I, at those spots, Doug Martin, Paul Perkins, Robert Kelly, I think those are all fine picks, actually. I, in fact, if he picked up a couple other players that I won't mention, uh, that would really complement his uh, current efforts. Well, thanks for that analysis. Well, I don't want to say the players. I said them. What? When Kareem Hunt wasn't off the board yet, I said them. Yeah, I know, but I didn't want Listen, to. Listen, screw these guys. This is a public draft. <laughs> Anything can happen and all usually right. does. Kevin, running late here, so yeah, I know. Kevin Bassaker, Aaron Rodgers, Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller, Isaiah Kroll, Latavius Murray at running back. Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Cam Meredith at receiver. Tight end is Eric Ebron. Uh, there's a, a good amount of running back depth on this team. Um, I guess I'm not huge fans of any of the running back selections, but, you know, they're, they're going to put up numbers. Um, I'm worried about the receiver depth. I, I know you don't like Ebron as much as I do. Not that I love Ebron, but, I, you know, the team construction I'm, I'm okay with. I'm just – I would have gone di- a different direction on a lot of these picks. You just don't like a lot of the players that he took. Right. But you love Emmanuel Sanders. You always did. It, yes, the guy I've been trying to trade in Blake Harrington <laughs> Dynasty for like four years. Definitely not. He's like – he's like um, I'm trying to think of, of a good – you know, his like you, – you raise these babies from – he's like sort of like the, the step kid you get in. <laughs> through uh, a second marriage or something when he's like 15 or 16 and he doesn't really like you, you know, because you're not his real dad and, and you just gotta, you know, he just wants to tolerate you for three years. He's gotta be like, you know what? Just give him some space. If he wants to go a different way, let him do it. You know, it's, it's his life. You know, he's got Julio, Melvin Gordon. I think he's gonna get a ton of carries this year without, there's not really any receiving guys that are going to take No Woodhead. Yeah. Yeah. So Lamar Miller only averaged four yards of carry last year, which is problematic. I don't really like Lamar Miller's talent. Uh, but, you know, he's got the job. And Isaiah Crowell, same thing. He was RB2 all year long. So I think his team could be good. But if you have Rodgers, I mean, you know Rodgers is throwing a bunch of touchdowns. Zeb Cap takes Matt Ryan and uh, at quarterback Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, Tevin Coleman at running back, Amari Cooper, Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald, Sterling Shepard are the receivers. Dennis Pitt is the tight end. Not a fan of Pitta, not a fan of Shepard. Uh, otherwise, the first three receivers I can get behind – um, the running backs after Jordan Howard are, are a little questionable as well. But, um, you know, this is a team that uh, has some firepower at the top of the top of the draft board. I like Cooper. I like, I like that he took the veteran receivers. Cooper Thomas, I think Fitz is a really nice value in the sixth round. So I, I think that was really solid. And Sterling Shepard, too. I mean, Ingram's not going to do anything at tight ends. Again, as a rookie, I just don't think it's possible. Witten, you know, the, the, the Cowboys didn't even draft a tight end. or You know, they're – Rico gathers. I mean, you know what? It's going to be Witten. Witten got an extension, so I think he's all right at tight end. Actually, I think this team is okay. I'm not a, again. I don't like 
Hyde. I don't like Coleman really all that much. I don't really talk about him, and I'm not a huge Jordan Howard fan. But if those guys pan out, he'll be in good shape. Uh, Rock Frost, Andrew Luck, LaShawn McCoy, Bilal Powell, and Mike Gillisley make up his backfield. Uh, Doug Baldwin, Devontae Adams, Terrell Pryor, Golden Tate, Pierre Garçon are the receivers, and Gronk at tight end. This is a team, too, that um, he waited on second running back. You and I both like Powell this year. Uh, Gillisley is a bit of a wild card, but he could end up paying with paying off with some LeGarrette Blunt-like uh, uh, potential in the 10th round, so that could actually work out. And if Gronk stays healthy, this is a great team. I, I I don't know how what happened to Andrew Luck. Was there some news today that that he's going to the eight oh four pick? One, two, three he's like what, the sixth, fifth, sixth quarterback off the board? Yeah, I believe he is the fifth quarterback off the board. I mean Luck is a is a fantastic pick at that spot. Totally recovered from the shoulder, allegedly. Luck, just love that pick. I, I I'm gonna be drafting Luck quite a bit this year if that's where he's going. And with Gronk and Luck, you could have two you could have the number one tight end, you could have like the number one or two quarterback. McCoy's good, and then all this I like his receivers because they're all veteran receivers. So you at least you have football players. You know, these guys are going to play. Right. Bill Apollo's a great pick. I like this team. This might be my favorite team, actually. Even though he doesn't have any running back depth at all, that's actually the one thing I don't mind sacrificing, especially when you take Gronk early like that. This team, I like, I like how he put it together. This is a classic draft, not a, re, not a uh, draft expert, so he will have the opportunity to get these sexy running backs off the waiver wire when they do come in, in vogue this season. Uh, so we'll uh, pay attention to Rock Frost as uh, the season goes on. House of Cards, Viplab Mandel picking out of the 10th spot. No quarterback as of yet. The running backs, Ty Montgomery, C.J. Anderson, Adrian Peterson, Giovanni Bernard, and Frank Gore. A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey at receiver. Hunter Henry is the lone tight end. I'm worried about the tight ends here. He'll get whatever quarterbacks, you know, (laughs) fill it in. I don't care. Uh, The receivers are elite, and I think he did a good job pounding out a lot of good running backs with some potential here. This is, I mean, this team, along with Rock Frost team, I like this team a lot. A.J. Green, Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Jeffrey. I mean, those are four rock-solid receivers. And then he pounded the heck out of all these running backs. Frank Gore in the 10th round. I mean, he, Starting running back, Frank starter. Gore. Yeah. You think that guy they took with pick 180 or whatever is going to beat Gore? Gore was a high-end RB2 last year. Yeah, he, an elite pedigreed guy. He's still a top 15 back. Yeah. So you have in Geo in the ninth round. I mean, these are, these are all good picks. I think he's in really great shape, and, and there's plenty of quarterbacks. Don't worry about quarterback. He just needs to, you know, again, tight end. You need to work on tight end. But Henry, Henry might be all right. Peter St. Pierre goes with Eli Manning as his starting quarterback. Devontae Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, Mark Ingram, and James White are the running backs. Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill, the lone receivers on his roster thus far. Martellus Bennett, Jared Cook, and Dwayne Allen all at tight end. Fine with uh, everything on this squad, Dave, except for one thing. No wide receiver depth after Thomas and Hill. You only have to start two, so you better get two elite ones, and he did, but you will need more than two uh, to field a competitive roster all season. Yeah, and I think, I guess if it was me, I would take the Jared Cook and the Dwayne Allen picks and toss those out and take receivers because because in FFPC so many tight ends go, you're not getting any value with Cook and Allen. You're paying up for them, where you might still get a little bit of receiver value, and he was already short at receiver, so I would go in that direction myself. I also probably would have passed on James White to go more with more receivers because you already had Freeman, Lynch, and Ingram. That's just, again, that's how I would have kind of gone. Because you have, that's like three full rounds of picks that you could have gone a different direction if you chose to. Final uh, team we're going to look at from Revelations tonight. This is uh, the defending champ, Vince Staffolino, goes with Kirk Cousins as his QB. Dalvin Cook, Danny Woodhead, Derek Henry, and Kenneth Dixon, the killer Ds, as it were, are his uh, running backs, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Kelvin Benjamin, Michael Crabtree at receiver, Delaney Walker at tight end. A well-rounded team, Dave. 
not a lot of star power with uh, the running backs, but some pieces to work with there and at least remain competitive, having a good shot at winning this uh, title for the second year in a row. Well, obviously you like the team because he's got two Florida State guys on it. So you're all like Delvin Cook. That's why I only like it because he only has two Florida State guys. (laughs) You need more than that, man. I think this team is good. I mean, Crabtree is a number. Where's Peter Warwick? (laughs) Chris Wenke, where are these guys? (laughs) They're working at a fast food restaurant managing. You might be right. Crabtree is a number four. That's great. I think that's really good. Delvin Cook is number one. That's worrisome. But I, I think Henry was a nice pick. I think Derrick Henry... You never know what's going to happen with him. He was really pretty solid last year, and he's a super talented back. So I think getting him in the eighth round is pretty good. He was just at Alabama taking classes. Did you know that? I Actually, I read that. That's really cool. Yeah, very good cool. Yeah, good for him. Hopefully Nick Saban didn't run him too hard into the ground uh, on the <laughs> scout team while he was there. No doubt, right? Uh, that is it for Revelations tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk Genesis. We will introduce you to the uh, drafters tonight there, uh, and we'll uh, cover the uh, second half of their draft, see what's going on there. We're not going to talk about the first half? No, we're not going to talk about the first half. Well, maybe we'll talk about the first half. About the first half. It's all an adventure. Join us on this journey coming know. up here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Genesis coverage here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak. We are covering two live drafts for you tonight. It is the first 150 classics of the season for the Fantasy Football Players Championship. If you want to participate in some of these leagues going forward, myffpc.com. If you want to participate in leagues that we are covering live on the air, best way to do it, go to myffpc.com. Put in your deposit for your main event team. You will be entered into the drawing to be one of the Joes and the pros versus Joes drawings. 36 of them will get chosen. We will broadcast those drafts uh, at the end of July. And we will also have a Football Guys Players Championship draft live uh, in early August. I believe that's already filled up, though. It could be wrong. Well, yeah, that was the first draft to fill. Yeah. That's, which, is, which is ridiculous. That people would want their teams broadcasted here? Yeah, all we're going to do is rip on them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you will. I won't. That's true. I, again, I've never seen a bad team drafted here. <laughs> it's weird because when I commish, you know, and I facilitate these drafts online, I see yeah. bad teams all the time. Yeah. Everybody brings their A game when they're being uh, <laughs> skewered on the Barbie on uh, on the uh, high stakes fantasy football hour. Yeah. So let's uh, introduce you as we uh, shift over to uh, Genesis coverage tonight to the uh, participants here. Uh, picking out of the one spot is late boomer. Uh, that is Pete Lehner's team, Eric Martin's nude Gingrich, picking out of the second spot. By the way, uh, if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't seen the, uh, the icon, or the image for that team, <laughs> it is something uh, that nightmares are made out of. On, so yeah, don't look at it. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, the uh, defending champ from Genesis last year is Mad Moves. It is owned by Jason. I'm going to screw this uh, last name up. Uh, Apostolos, I believe is uh is who owns that and he won genesis sounds, last year so a, con- sounds like a greek name so congrats to him it probably is uh that is mad moves drafting out of the third spot don terminello of course former guest of the show's bean town he's picking out of the fourth spot tonight uh, a meaty uh, middle section of this draft this is the cleanup uh, hitters uh, don terminello and then scott johnson three inti boy is uh drafting fifth nelson Sousa, of course co-main event champion uh, in the FFPC, $250,000 winner. The franchise, Nelson Sousa, uh, playing tonight or drafting tonight at the uh, sixth spot. Joseph Coppola's double teams out of seven. Robert Marshall's fantasydumdums.com is picking eighth. Steven Nordstrom's Manitoba Moose picking out of the nine hole, followed by Brad Kirkland's B, uh, I guess this is Big Genesis or B1G Genesis. 
I don't know. These guys, they get too creative with these team names for somebody who's an idiot like me. Uh, Mike and Todd Aaron, of course, uh, former guests of the show, the mad genius of fantasy football. Uh, several dynasty leagues under their belt. They're flexing their redraft muscles here tonight, picking out of the 11th spot. And Timothy Cornish, creme fresh. Oh, yeah, is uh, the team drafting out of the 12th spot. Yep, I said it right. <laughs> creme fresh. Oh, Yeah. So that is uh, that is your Genesis lineup tonight. Good enough. Uh, yes, no, thank you. I, I practiced for literally uh, 30 to 40 seconds on, on these names. So, oh, yeah. All right, so you wanted to talk about the first half of the drafts. I think that the – That's all anyone cares about, folks. The first half? They don't care about the late-round sleepers? Nope. Whatever. I agree to disagree <laughs> on that. So you look at um, how this first round went. This one did go running back, running back, running back. No real surprises here. Um, Devontae Freeman, David, I mean, is it just safe to say that he is going to be a first round pick everywhere this year? Is anything going to change? I mean, he kind of is in a contract year, uh, right now, uh, as, uh, as the Falcons will be looking to either extend him before the season starts or, or re-sign him after the season. It's a big year for Devontae Freeman and obviously fantasy owners betting on him, uh, doing big numbers because he's going in the first round everywhere. Yeah, you know, I, it's weird. I just don't, I'm surprised Freeman's going quite that early, but I guess I can't argue against it. I mean, he's a good PPR back. All right. You, uh, I'm sorry. I should have given more now. No, that's all right. I, was I love Devonta Freeman. He's a great player. Reading the chat Kevin room. Coleman's not quite as good, so uh, go Freeman. Okay, so the 201, uh, Creme Fresh. Oh, yeah, that's Timothy Cornish's <laughs> team. Uh, he takes Travis Kelsey as the first tight end off the board tonight over Gronk. Now you said you would have taken Kelsey over Reed. Would you have been that able just to prove that Kelsey was yeah. a better pick so over w- Reed? Would you have been able to pull the trigger on Kelsey over Gronk? Um, probably, probably not. Do you like Do you like the value of, of Rob Gronkowski uh, going at the uh, at the two oh six tonight? That was to uh, Joseph Coppola's team. Yeah, I do. I thought it was, I think that's nice. I yeah. thought I, I just thought Gronk at the one oh nine in the other drafts is okay. Um, I'm just looking at this. Uh, let, you know, but if you know, the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the 201 pick taking Kelsey there, I don't, I can't fault him for it. If he really likes Kelsey, yeah, he's not getting him coming back around. Yeah, he'd be definitely true. Um, so that the first uh, rookie player is uh, drafted right around the same spot in Genesis tonight. He went at 211 uh, in uh, Revelations. He goes at 212. Or 212. Yeah, he goes at three 301 in uh, Genesis, and that's Leonard Fournette. Yep. Is this the spot that you think Fournette settles into? as we, you know, pick up the early part of drafting season with that, you know, we won't see training camps or anything like that until July or whatever. Um, but is this where we're going to see Fournette? If you want Fournette, do you have to take him at that turn? I think so, actually. I'm at, and I, you know, I'm, I'm in a, a rookie, not that anyone cares about all my stupid stories, but in a rookie dynasty startup, I might, or just, it's a dynasty startup, so I'm taking these rookies as well as all the rest of the players. My first pick's a 207. I'm trying to, I'd like to get Fournette or uh, McCaffrey, but I don't even know if either one of them will be there. Christian McCaffrey also goes in the third round in this draft, uh, the 312, uh, to Creme Fresh. Oh, yeah, that's Timothy Cornish's team. <laughs> You're getting better at that, it. Thank this you. Is, this, is, this is really good. The 312 is uh, McCaffrey there. And then, You're embracing uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Hyde and Isaiah Kroll. This was interesting. Uh, Hyde goes at the 309 uh, to Steven Nordstrom, and then Brad Kirkland takes Isaiah Kroll at the 310. What do you think about those guys going there? That raises not one eyebrow, two eyebrows for me. Yeah, Kroll, what, where do you go in the sixth or seventh round in the other draft? I mean, this is a lot earlier in this draft for Kroll. It was uh, and Hyde, too. Where did Hyde go? I mean, Hyde, I think Hyde went like the sixth or seventh round as well. I think that. No offense to these two guys, but I think that Hyde and Crowell here are too early. I think they should have 
where they went in Revelations is probably more like where they should be going. Uh, so that is uh, what we see in um, in the third round. That's that's to me. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just reading texts from Tupac are coming in right now, and I can't. He's what trying to. He want? I don't know. He's trying to draft and text at the same time. Don't, yes, his team sucks. Don't your text and draft. Your team sucks, Meyer. Moving on to the uh, fourth round, Tyreek Hill goes in the fourth here. Ty Montgomery also going in the fourth round. Uh, Marshawn Lynch going with the first pick of the fourth round, so he's settling nicely into that 3-4 uh, turn tonight. And then you also see, who's the other guy I wanted to talk about in this round? Uh, Ty Montgomery, I think I already mentioned him, but Ty Montgomery, again, is, is a guy that we're going to be paying attention to. Montgomery goes in the uh, mid-fourth to uh, Nelson Sousa tonight. Um so, again, that Packers running back situation is going to be one to follow. Moving on to the fifth round, I thought uh, there was a great pick uh, by Todd and Mike Aaron to get C.J. Anderson at the 5'11". Here I am on the C.J. Anderson bandwagon once again uh, this year. God, I don't think I can I don't think I can afford a ticket on that bandwagon two years in a row, but apparently I'm going to try. Uh, Dalvin Cook also going in the fifth round here to uh, Steven Nordstrom's team. And... Um, Julian Edelman also going in the fifth round here tonight. So you see Brandon Cooks in the second and Edelman in the fifth in both rounds. That is where their current values are sitting. It seems like people have already made the adjustment of Edelman's going to take a step back with Cooks coming on board. And uh, that is the price and, and the values that you are going to have to pay to get those guys on your roster. Or maybe you get great value on Julian Edelman going in the fifth. Uh, Latavius, I think so. Yeah. Latavius, what do you make of this? Latavius Murray at the 601, Dalvin Cook goes right before him at the 506. Do you think that's the appropriate distance between the two for those Vikings running backs? Because they clearly, to me, are, are the, the, the two running backs you would want to own in Minnesota. Murray, Murray went at the 612. Didn't he, Valky? You went at the other side over here? Is that right? Yeah, I am sorry. No, okay. uh, no so you are to, right. I'm no. not trying to call you out. No, good point. So good quite, point. So it's a good 18 pick difference. So, Round and a half, essentially. Yeah. Um. I think so. I mean, I, I don't. Really, I don't. I've never been a big Murray fan. I don't. I don't know that taking Cook and Murray and redraft is going to be all that super successful this year because you know you, you do have the the offensive line issues. I know they're trying to fix that. Yeah. And I just thought I, it's tough to handicap it at this point. It's so early. I mean, Cook is the guy for the future. I think that Murray is just the, the guy they're going to have for a year or two. But he might he might get more than half the carries. He might he might get almost all the carries if Cook's not ready to block pass block. You know, and I, yeah, I was as you were talking. I'm like, boy, I'd pretty much rather have any other running back that was taken in the sixth round other than Latavius Murray. And I'm thinking about it. I'm not so sure. Other running backs to I'd go. Take, I would take Mixon. Sure. Uh, other, yes, yeah, that was the one I for sure I would. But the other ones, Tevin Coleman, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Danny Woodhead. I don't know. There's warts on all those guys. Um, so I think that uh, Latavius Murray might end up being uh, an interesting selection there with the final pick in the sixth round. Steve. I don't know if you saw this. Look who went at 7.04 to Don Terminello yeah. as his third receiver, Josh MFing Gordon. Josh Gordon in the seventh round. I did not see that coming. Donnie T taking Josh Gordon. Shaking things up. He was undrafted in the other draft so far after like nine rounds. Yeah, well, now he'll probably get selected now that we brought him up. Uh, Paul Perkins also going in this I round. I think that's about five rounds too early for Josh Gordon. No offense. <laughs> Kenneth Dixon also going in this round as well. Adrian Peterson, also a seventh-round selection tonight. What do you make of uh, the – this would be the 707 pick. Excuse me, the 707 pick. That was Joseph Coppola taking – what would it be? The 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th tight end off the board 
and it is a rookie named O.J. Howard. I feel like it's kind of a luxury pick that you didn't need to make. You only have one wide receiver. I think that's kind of – you're getting cute because you have Gronk already, and you have Delaney Walker, which is like adding fuel to the fire. Right. So why take O.J. Howard when he's probably not going to be productive as a rookie? And even if he is, now you still don't, you're still short of a receiver. So, I mean, I guess what's the upside? Is Howard going to be a top 12 tight end as a rookie? I mean, the odds of that are probably like 4%. You know, right. It's just not that likely. So, to me, I would have definitely gone – I mean, look at who he passed on Kelvin Benjamin. I don't even like Kelvin Benjamin. Right. And I would have taken him. Um, and for what it's worth, O.J. Howard, and we're 10, you know, 10 rounds into Genesis, O.J. Howard, one of five rookies on this team right. as well for Joseph Coppola. So. Ah, he must be a dynasty player. He must be. He might, he, at least he might have the starting running back for the Redskins, though, in the amount of time. Uh, yep, that's entirely true, and we'll uh, get to that in a little bit. The eighth round here, is, as we look through it, uh, again, some interesting names here. Martavis Bryant, Jamal Charles. Uh, going to Robert Marshall there, the, the newly signed Jamal Charles. Bilal Powell goes in the eighth round here. That's one round higher. Than, I believe one round higher than he went in uh, Revelations. Kareem Hunt also going in this round. Eddie Lacy in the eighth round. LeGarrett Blunt, the as-of-yet-unsigned LeGarrett Blunt, uh, goes again to last year's champ, Jason Apostolos, takes uh, LeGarrett Blunt uh, as his third running back in the eighth round. Doug Martin could be the starting running back in Tampa. Good value there from Nude Gingrich. That is Eric Martin's team. Martin's suspended for three games. Is that correct? Yes. All right. But they say he's looking great. They they didn't really draft anyone of Mills. No. They drafted McNichols. Jeremy McNichols. That's been it. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, listen to the football guys last night. They don't seem like they're too excited about. I think they think he's a little overrated. Yeah. Matt, Forte, Matt Forte going in the ninth round along with John Brown. Terrence West and Mike Gillisley back-to-back picks in the ninth round as well. West, what do you make of him in that Ravens situation uh, in, in the offense with no playmakers? I think West is also a non-playmaker. Well, clearly, because he's on the offense of no playmakers. But in the offense of no playmakers, you still have to have people with fantasy points, and Terrence West could profit from that. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed, one-eyed man is king. Yes, that is exactly true. Terrence West is the one-eyed man in the land of the blind. What about Dixon? Kenneth Dixon and Danny Woodhead are both still there, but West, I mean, could be the guy getting the, the lion's share of the touches in that backfield. I'm passing on that. I just okay. kind of, to me it's Ninth just, round seems like it's it might be time to, to spin a, a chance there. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just of course, if you, if you had between West and Gillisley, I might have taken Gillisley. Oh, but you know what? You take Gillisley in these redraft leagues, and you're playing with running back fire with the Patriots. Well, you could, you know, you could take, well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I see Kelly going there, and then Perrine went round later. Robert Kelly, yep. Yeah, so you could have gotten the Redskins backfield locked up if you wanted. Corey Davis. He, could, he couldn't have, but the guy... Uh, teammate could have. Right, teammate. Uh, that was um, Robert Marshall's FantasyDumbDums.com. Uh Corey Davis also going in, in the ninth round here is the first rookie receiver. I believe that – no. He, yes, he was the first rookie receiver chosen in this so, draft. I hope so. And, yeah. and uh, Randall Cobb, how the mighty have fallen. We talked about him uh, in Revelations. Cobb is the uh, last pick of the ninth round here, too. When did Randall Cobb go in the other draft? He was way early. And, yeah, I believe he was. Um, so Randall Cobb. I, thought, I think Corey Collins a nice value in the ninth round, nine oh nine. Yeah, I thought I, I totally agree with you. Moving on to round ten, and then we got to get to a break here. Uh, Dak Prescott off the board here, along with Jameis Winston, Marvin Jones, last year's fantasy MVP. If uh, you were in a league that only played for three weeks, um, James. <laughs> I had White. a league like that, and then I got eliminated. <laughs> James White and Alvin Kamara also going there. Jack Doyle, Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas is on the Miami Dolphins now, correct? I believe. Uh, Reuniting with Adam Gase. 
I believe so. Yeah. Sixth round for Kavanaugh to the draft, according to our chat room. There you go. Samaji Perrine, you uh, already alluded to that. What could be the starting running back for the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, Jeremy Hill going to uh, Stephen Nordstrom's Manitoba Moose here in the uh, 10th round. Uh, Jeremy Macklin also going off the board as the sixth receiver taken by Brad Kirkland. Pierre Garçon, Darren Sproles also chosen in the 10th round here. Don't forget your boy Fleener just went at the 11th round. Yeah, Fleener, Fleener going in the uh, – in the. Let, listen, it's a shrewd pickup. <laughs> who, who, that was Nude Gingrich and nice Eric job, Martin's Nude. team. Eric Martin, just, uh, just like Shane Hallam locked up revelations, Eric Martin has locked up Genesis tonight. Uh, so that is uh, what we're looking at through round 10. We'll get back to the uh, pick-by-pick coverage here as we kick off the second half of Genesis. This will be the um, uh, last uh, portion of the show for any of you listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, you can uh, check out the rest at blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF or download us on uh, iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, uh, Spreaker, Stitcher, everything. You can check that out later uh, to download the rest of the show. But that is it. We're going to sign off here. Uh, the Fantasy HOF Hour is next with uh, Scott Engel. Have a, a great uh, weekend, uh, uh, listeners of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And uh, for the rest of you, we'll be right back after this. There's nothing like a live draft, and we have two of them tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football. We're giving you live pick-by-pick coverage here. With Eric Balkman, that's me, Dave Gerzak, that's him. He's the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football. We covered Revelations in the first half of the show. We are covering the Genesis draft here in the second half. We kind of took a quick analysis of uh, where these teams are at through 10 rounds, and now we begin uh, the 11th round here. And these are are the flyer rounds. You know, we always say, uh, you know, our good friend Joe Delzanero, Baker Boy, I believe it was him who said, uh, listen, you, you can't take a bust after round 10 you know you can't rip on anybody who uh, misses on a pick after round 10 because they all suck they all suck except for obviously uh, the the 11-2 Kobe Fleener tonight going to Eric (laughs) Martin that's the one pick that will not suck what do you make of Cameron Braid at 11-01 here you have OJ Howard going in the middle of the seventh round here to uh to uh Joseph Coppola and then you have uh Cameron Braid going to Pete Lehner, uh, his team, at the 11-01. What do you make of the difference there between Brayton and Howard? Well, I think that neither tight end is probably going to amount to the production they're looking for. Brayton is going to get eclipsed by Howard. He's just They want Howard to start. They don't take him that early. No one takes someone that early and doesn't want to play him. So Brayton had a good season, so I don't think he's going to be very good. And I don't think, again, Howard, I know this is a historic tight end class, but show me a rookie tight end that's been awesome. I don't, they just, they're almost never happened. I think that, um, as long as we're talking about rookies, it seems like the rookies, and maybe this is because we're covering the Genesis draft later in the game, um, but you look at the rookies here, and it seems like they're flying off the board a little bit quicker, and I think um, that, uh, obviously, um, Joseph Coppola has a lot to do with that, uh, having five rookies on his team in the first 10 rounds. But Danell Pumphrey goes off the board uh, to last year's champ in this league, Jason Apostolos. And I think Pumphrey's worth mentioning, one, because he went to a guy who won this league, and two, we don't really know what's going on in Philly with the running back situation. There's Smallwood, there's Sproles, there's um, uh, Donnell Pumphrey is there as well. And by the way, I, I, I didn't plug this at the top of the show, but I should mention this. There was a new high-stakes lowdown this week, uh, rotaviz.com slash podcast. You forgot to... 
Pimp your own yeah, show? I forgot to pimp my oh, own my show, goodness. and it was a good one. Christian Warikis was our was our guest. We also heard from David Hubbard. Hubbard talked a little bit about what he's looking at for the schedule, the what NFL is, schedule. Hold on, hold on. Just calls in whenever. No, 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 no. We get Hubbard and Sousa. They're the defending main event champs. It's a good lead in for the show. We talked to them for like five minutes. Pick their brain. <laughs> move on. Um, but David Hubbard is talking about publicity horse. They, um, I don't think this is. <laughs> Their decision. So anyway, um, so David Hubbard um, talked about what he's looking at with the NFL schedule right now, yeah. and who he's, um, you know, who he's bumping up based on what's going on in the championship round, based on really the schedule overall. Right. Good stuff there from him. Uh, we talked about two of his favorite rookies in the draft, and then Christian. Uh, we actually talked about a lot of rookie analysis. Christian Warriors is actually in 26 different dynasty drafts. Uh, some of them, uh, six of them, I believe he said, were already halfway through their first round of their rookie drafts. Wow. So he had some analysis to talk about that. And I might he, have to actually listen to the show for once. He lives in Philadelphia, so he ha- actually had a lot to say about the Eagles running back situation as being an Eagles fan. So oh, there's so some good insight there. I'm not going to tell you. You is have this to like a paywall. That we have to go behind no, the paywall. No, completely free. Just download it, and uh, you. Spreaker. And, and I check my. Spreaker it's not on Spreaker, but it is on SoundCloud. <laughs> the easiest way to get to it: rotoviz.com/podcast. You can right. also check out um, the uh, Rotoviz radio uh, account and uh, Twitter account. My account has it up there as well. Listen, you you can't All go right, on the internet me. and not find a venue to listen to this. All so, right, I'll check and it you'll out. you can thank me later. I have to close my Spreaker app. That is going to be uh, my team <laughs> name for all my what? teams this year. You can thank me later. <laughs> Talk to me when you're sober. That's my favorite team name that we have on our list. That is a good one. Sterling Shepard at the 11:04. I'm not a huge fan of that selection by uh, Don Terminello. I, again, we, we've talked about this since the Marshall signing. Beckham's there. Marshall's there. They draft Evan Engram in the first round. You know, maybe this is just going to be a pass-happy team, similar to like what Philly's doing, where they don't have a lot in the running back cupboard, but they're stocked to the gills on receivers and tight ends. So maybe Shepard does have some value there. And again, he's an 11th round pick. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I'm not too excited with uh, with that he, selection I think there. He went earlier last year as a rookie. Oh, he totally. He was like a seventh round pick last year. Yeah, seventh or eighth round pick in, in the FFPC. Uh, Mike Wallace, the selection after that. To um, this is somebody who's okay. Just eat him and smile. Eat him and smile. But this was uh, this That's was Scott Johnson's team. It still is. It still is. Just it. Did, was he always eat him and smile? I, I, I thought that was somebody it. else. Uh, I who the hell was. All right. I thought you did. Apparently not. No, but I, that is Scott Johnson. That is Scott Johnson's team. Uh, the good old uh, Coaches Crunchers franchise. Former co-host of this show, by the way. Great person. Fantastic person. And even not quite as good of a fantasy player, but a great, greater yeah. person. Great fantasy player, greater <laughs> guy. Um, Kevin White, the selection after that. What do you make of the Bears' uh, passing game? I mean, I know you're not too excited about it. Tragic. But nevertheless. Tra- Kevin, it's not tragic. Kevin Nobody died. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Kevin White in the 11th round is pretty solid. It's like Syria over there. I'm trying to – it's not like Syria. I'm trying to – you know, I don't see – and okay, so Cameron Meredith actually went three picks after Kevin White did. That's I mean, interesting. I mean, take a look at that. It's like you get their, the top two receivers on that team in the 11th. I mean, Alex used to say that when he used to play fantasy. He doesn't do it quite as much anymore. Or at all. Uh, but he'd always say, like, I'm getting a number one wide receiver like in the ninth round or not tenth round. It's like yeah. it still counts for something. It does count for something. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger also going off the board uh, after Dennis Pitta. Let's talk about Dennis Pitta because I'm kind of down on him this year. But again, two things that he's got going for him. One, he had 86 catches last year, and two, he plays on the offense with no playmakers. That's true. So I mean, maybe he, he could again be. fall into fantasy value, tight end premium scoring format, and you're getting him in the 11th round. You know, I totally agree. I mean, he was the number 10 tight end last year, and on a points basis, uh, he was still right around there, 10. 
he just he was very up and I mean he was very hit or miss though. I mean he had one game they had thirty two points and the rest of the games he had one other game he was pretty good and the rest of the games it was just kind of crappy. Yeah, I would. You're probably right. Um, he's very he's very inconsistent. Yeah, I mean that that's the problem. The standard deviation. If we should have wrote of his guys in here to talk a little math. But again, this is the total points league. You know, well, but then you still got to start them on the on the right weeks, I guess. Well, I guess you're starting them all the time, but I mean. I, who cares? With well, Tennis? okay, but, but has again, yeah, he's like, that's the fourth tight end. Now he's just getting greedy and just playing keep away a little bit with these tight ends. And, and he takes, well, we'll get to his 12th round pick, but spoiler alert, it was another tight end. Um, De- Deontay Foreman goes here at the uh, 11-10 pick. That was to Brad Kirkland. He does not have Lamar Miller, Dave. Lamar Miller went at the 209 to Don Terminello. I, I, Which pick was this? I, this? This is the 11-10, Deontay Foreman. I don't think that you're going to disagree with me on this. I love that selection there. I yeah, think that could be fantastic value. Absolutely. I mean, the, Miller, that's why I don't like Miller. I mean, Miller goes in like the third, fourth round, a lot of these, sometimes second round, second round in this draft. I just don't care for Lamar Miller myself. I just, I you know, four yards per carry back. He doesn't have any lateral agility. He has no explosiveness that direction, like left, you know, east or west. I like Foreman. I mean, fantastic numbers at his pro day. He didn't, he didn't run at the combine. So he kind of got overlooked a little bit because yeah. he didn't run at the combine. No one's like checking out his numbers, but he was really fast as a big guy. Very young player too. I believe he's 20 years old right now. Speed score of 116, if I'm remembering correctly. Very good. Yeah, cool um, name. Deontay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I went on YouTube just so I, I knew this. I don't know when this was. Um, a few months ago when we were talking, we started talking dynasty and I want to know if it was Dante or Deontay or, you know, how to pronounce it. So I went on YouTube to, mm-hmm. you know, and I just started watching a highlight video waiting. It was a uni- to say university of Texas highlight video. So I figured they would say it. And like, I got chills like watching this, you know, how people say that. And it's just like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> and then like, That's I, how I, feel. I like watching. I'm like, Holy S, this guy's going to be awesome. Yeah. And he's going in the 11th round. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a fantastic pick. He's going to be a guy that crawls up. Yeah, I agree with you. How is it pronounced? Deontay. Deontay? Deontay. Deontay. Yeah, Deontay. That's how I heard There's no E. Well, it doesn't matter. That's like, um, there's, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. It's Deontay. It wasn't, it wasn't Monte Ball. It was Monte Ball. There was no A. I think these people don't know how to pronounce it. All right. I'm just saying, it's like if, if you spell it Mont, M-O-N-T-E-E, it should be Monte. All right, anyway. Donta. Let's see what the chat room is. Maybe the chat room's chiming in on it. I'm sure they don't care about his pronunciation. All right. Cow right. uh, 39 wants to know who is the best team in the, gen- in the Genesis, which I like. Um, Maybe at least he spelled it correctly, unlike your tweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Rob does those tweets anyway. Oh, yeah, um, so we'll, we'll get to, we're going to do team analysis uh, coming up uh, probably in the next 10 or 12 minutes here. Um, Jonathan Stewart rounding out the 11th round with Philip Rivers being the last selection. Uh, that makes Jonathan Stewart, of course, the penultimate selection of uh, round 11. Drink. Uh, yes. And uh, Rivers, if, you know, we don't talk about quarterbacks a lot. I love Philip Rivers this year. Yeah, why not? I mean, like, this, these two, let's talk about what was the team 12? What was our team? Creme Fresh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Timothy Cornish. Rivers, I might have to, that could be my team name for all my teams this year. I might have to use that. It's good, so great. Rivers and Stafford. I mean, that's sweet, man. Yeah. Back-to-back like that? Yeah, and then you wait till round 11 to uh, to draft your first quarterback, and then those are the two you get. I, I Not mean, to mention Martavis Bryant <laughs> is on that squad as well, Dave. And Fantasy Dum Dum did a nice job with Winston and Big Ben. We'll, we'll get uh, yeah, we will get into that. Uh, Mike Williams, the second uh, rookie receiver off the board at the 11.02 to the Aarons. That is uh, Mike and Todd Aaron taking Mike Williams there. Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. 
the number two receiver in Cleveland, I guess it were, I guess, yeah, be, we were behind Corey about, Coleman. Yeah, we were talking about that, so we didn't really talk about Britt that much. We didn't talk about Britt, but, I mean, we, we both like Coleman. Um, it, it's tough. Britt, to, Britt's kind of a sneaky producer. Who, who, let me ask you this. Who starts the most um, games at quarterback for Cleveland this year? Well, if, I had to handic- if you had to handicap it. Is it Cody Kessler? Is it uh, Deshaun Kaiser? Who is it? It's probably Kessler. Like nine games, eight games? Or, or, or does Kaiser get a true red shirt? I, I don't think I, I would guess that thirteen plus. Okay, that's my opinion. All right. They said they didn't say didn't they say that Kaiser wasn't all that ready? I mean, he wasn't all that pro ready yet. Who he was saying up, it? People who didn't draft him or Cleveland? I think his coach <laughs> at Notre Dame was saying it. He, he said yeah. he should have stayed in another year. Yeah, but then he all, but, but, but then that he also said, but by the way, he's the best quarterback in the draft too. Yeah, he should have stayed another year, but he's yeah. the best. Yeah. That's what he said. Listen, Brian Kelly is nothing sure but a word Catholic yeah. over there at Notre Dame. Giovanni Bernard also <laughs> going in this eleventh uh, round. What do you make of Giovanni Bernard this year with the addition of Joe Mixon and the fact that Bernard could get off to a slow start, recovering from that ACL, also having to tangle with the Bengals inexplicably giving carries to Jeremy Hill. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, the defense is leading the witness on that question. Yeah, I don't really like Gio in general, but in the twelfth round, who gives a crap? We just take a shot at him. I mean, and fantasy jump dumb is just. He's just trying to accumulate players, so who knows? Mixon could get hurt because he could tear his own ACL in training camp. Who knows? And Gio's well, a good I, I don't want to project stuff like that. But I'm just saying it's in the 12th round, so it's yeah. okay. It's, it's not a bad thing. The sixth rookie has been selected by uh, Joseph Coppola's uh, du- double teams team. He's doing much more than double teaming the rookie class this year as he gets David Njoku as his not his third, not his fourth, but his fifth tight end. Uh, and he has two rookie tight ends on this uh, squad as well. So David and Joku going off the board there. We talked a little bit about Eric Decker. He goes to Nelson Sousa here in the 12th round. This would have been the 1207 selection. He could get cut, Dave, but he could also be the starting number one wide receiver for the Jets. He could be. Why would they? Why were they talking about cutting? Him? I don't even understand. It's a salary thing, and obviously they're. They don't have any cap issues. Don't they have to pay a certain amount of money? They're, for, first of all, they're probably still playing, paying like Darrell Revis and Keyshawn Johnson. I'm sure. <laughs> Keyshawn. I, I have no doubt. And uh, no, Mark, Mark Gastineau is probably still on the Jets <laughs> payroll, and Vinny Testaverde. So I, I think that there's. Um, I just can't believe they have cap issues where they have to cut Decker's meager. Stuff. You can also look at it from the standpoint of okay, we're paying this guy a ton of money. We're not going to win, win this year, and he doesn't fit into our long-term plans. Plans. What are we doing here? I guess just come. Who cares? Yeah. And then it's so the, he, the, it's the he, Robbie Anderson show, which, by the way, Devin, who was the guy um, from Ohio State a couple years ago? Uh, Devin Smith. Devin Smith just tore his ACL. Yeah, he's just crap. I mean, the, the cupboard is bare for the Jets receivers there. They don't, the cupboard is bare, and they don't care. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. The Decker, though, he might get picked up by some other team. You know, New England will probably pick him up, and they add some more – controversy to their own wide receivers what do you make of duke johnson here going in the uh, 12th round to scott johnson duke johnson was a guy that really was rising up a lot of boards two years ago um as as a pass catcher he kind of underperformed last year um cleveland does have a really good line isaiah crowell was an undrafted free agent duke johnson does some stuff for this offense that crowell is simply unwilling or unable to do uh i think duke johnson is a good um you know what the heck dart throw here in uh, in round twelve to Scott Johnson. Well, and that, here's the thing about Duke Johnson. He was RB number twenty eight last year, so it's like he was a he was an RB two, yeah, or an R, just a, I'm sorry, an RB three, but like a higher end RB three, and that was just because he's a PPR back. And so if Crowell, even if he does the same thing they did and he had a pretty good year, he's still probably going to be fine. I mean, Duke Johnson will still get some production as a flex player if you need him. You don't want to start him, but if you need him, you can get him. 
We're going to take our first phone call tonight here from the 734 caller. Identify yourself. You're on the air with Eric and Dave. Yeah, this is Rob from Fantasy Dumb Dumbs. How you doing? Hey man, how's it going? How, well, first of all, let's let's get into uh, to your draft here, picking out of the uh, the eighth spot. How what was your strategy? How well did you execute it? How do you feel about your team so far? I am loving my team, other than the sixth round where I took Moncrief. I was not expecting him to be there. I was targeting to go running backs, kind of heavy there. Um, I was actually targeting to get Paul Perkins or um, or Tevin Coleman. And Moncrief was still there, and I just couldn't pass him up. He's a touchdown machine. So I when you were looking at up in six. Yeah, go okay. So so I'm just looking at how you started off with this team, uh, Rob, and and you look at you know the we talked about it earlier on the show, the revenge of the running back this year. You still start off with three straight receivers. How much of that was part of the plan, and how much of that was oh my gosh. A.J. Green's still here. Allen Robinson's still here. Doug Baldwin's still here. I got to grab these guys. How much of it was part of the plan? How much of it was player value? Um, it was 100% of the plan. Um, I've had success year after year in the FFPC, um, basically just with uh, going heavy receiver. Um, they're a lot more reliable than running backs. They seem to, like, the running backs seem to kind of fall off the shelf. Um, halfway through the season, they get banged up, they get dinged up, and you can always find, uh, you know, a someone that comes out of the woodwork, um, a Paul Perkins or someone like that, um, at the end of the, of the, the, the year when it's, when you need them most. Rob, as a guy who's been in a lot of, uh, FFPC drafts before, uh, did you make a point of trying to get to, to make sure that you got two tight ends, you know, semi early? I, I noticed you get Tyler Eifert here in the fourth, you get Kyle Rudolph to add to him in the fifth. You haven't drafted one since then, but you are in a, a, a you know, a pretty good position, relative to the other squads uh, in your league where you have two pretty elite guys, uh, you know, after five rounds that you can count on throughout the season. Were, was that a conscious effort to try to get two tight ends early? Yes, it was. Um, every time that I've made the, uh, the the final kind of the big, you know, going for the $250,000, every time I go into that pool right there, um, I start off with five players that are three receivers and uh, two tight ends. And then I just kind of take a shot and approach at running back. Talk a little bit about the uh, the running backs that you've uh, that you've rostered on your team. You wait until round seven to grab your first one, and you've added five since then. Talk a little bit about the thought process of adding Dixon, Powell, Kelly, Bernard, and, and now Marlon Mack in the 13th. So Marlon Mack I took because I just don't have faith that Gore can go another year. And that's really – I know he's listed kind of on the uh, the rosters, the third behind uh, in depth chart, but um, – I. He I, he has a chance to kind of, being a fourth-round pick, I think he has the chance to uh, step in there, whether it's at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year, um, and as the summer kind of progresses, he's going to have a big shot um, in there. I targeted all running backs that are had some kind of play, like I, Powell, uh, Kelly, uh, they all played good um, kind of throughout the last year at the end of it. Um, Dixon um, was coming on. He was injured at the beginning of the year. Bernard, I, I target receivers or running backs that um, also catch the ball. And, Rob, it looks like you're on the clock right now here. Tell us what oh, you're thinking, you who that. the pick's going to be here. Um, I'm going to go with DeAndre Washington, um, just hoping that uh, Lynch kind of fades out. Maybe he doesn't have another year in there, and they're going to mix him in there. Again, another receiving running back that's going to get three, four catches a game. Um, 
you know, I hope hope they get uh you know, the the seven to ten points almost guaranteed, thirty yards rushing, thirty yards receiving with three receptions type deal. Um with an occasional touchdown. And then as the year goes on, if I get enough of these guys, one of the big guys go down and these guys become the new um the new player that you know, ends up kind of like I had Tevin Coleman on a lot of my teams last year, and he really came on. And they make those one or two big plays every second, third week type deal. And it just it really makes your team. You end up being the top point scorer in the league, you know, because of these monster weeks from these guys that you're getting in the, you know, 10th through 14th round type deal. Rob, we've heard so much about your team tonight. Tell us a little bit about fantasydumdums.com. So, uh, well, fantasydumdums.com is uh, basically I'm basically an idiot like most of us here drafting in May. Um, and year after year, I would sit there and write articles, whether it was about Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, um, Drew Brees, about why they were going to be the best this year or the worst this year. I made some pretty good calls, like when Peyton Manning had his career year, you know, just putting it together that he had so many weapons that year. It was impossible for not him for him not to have – 40 plus touchdowns and I'd write these articles send them to all my friends and have nowhere to put it. So, um, actually big one G in here and I have started a, a, um, a website where I think we're the only two that have posted it. We just needed an outlet to post articles about our thoughts about the site. Um, and about players, um, you can incorporate basketball or football right now. We're just basically football. He and I, um, we have another guy that's doing some basketball stuff. So, I mean, anyone on here, if you had a thought or, or what you wanted to do, you could go on and write about a player, post it on the site, and just kind of get that out of your system and just so you know it's actually being posted somewhere. And then you can actually put the link out, whether it's on Twitter or whatever, and say, hey, check out this article. Um, it's, ju- it's just more for us to, you know, kind of get that fantasy football outlet out of our system so that we can uh, – just the way we love it. It's, it's pretty dumb. Good community over at fantasydumdums.com. Check that out. Uh, and obviously follow Rob on Twitter at FDD underscore Rob. Great stuff uh, from you tonight, Rob. Good performance with your team. I'm sure you will get an A plus 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 for me. Of course, they will just give you an A. And uh, listen, thanks a lot for joining Genesis. Thanks a lot for participating. Thanks a lot for calling in tonight. Good luck the rest of the way, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. It was Rob Marshall from FantasyDumDums.com picking uh, out of the eighth spot tonight, Dave, and a, a good roster there. And I wasn't, you know, I, I obviously the joke is, oh, you know, Bulky just uh, uh, just says he loves every team. I actually do genuinely like his team. <laughs> so I mean that 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 is a, a good squad. Fair there. enough, Bulky. All right, so let's just uh, recap a couple of picks. I, you know, I don't want to get too deep. Into- Speaking of that, Team Seven took two more uh, rookies. Yes, Zay Jones and Curtis Samuel uh, going Keep it to going, Joseph, Co- Joseph Coppola's uh, team. That is double teams there. Plenty that, more out there. Hold on, that's one, two, that's three straight rookies, and that's four, five, six, seven, eight rookies overall. Eight rookies. I love it. Um, Joe Williams uh, going off the board here to uh, Nelson Sousa in the 14th. That's an interesting pick. What do you make of Josh Daxon on the 13th? I like that pick. That's you know he didn't do anything. Uh, but, you know why not? 13th round. He's a hyped up guy. Went really early in rookie drafts last year. Yeah, he did. Um, late boomer uh, Pete Laner waited on tight end, did not take his first one until the 11th round. Cameron Rate, C.J. Fedorowicz, Antonio Gates. Not a bad way to cobble together some pretty decent tight ends uh, when you're not going to take one until after the 10th round, Dave. 
Yeah, you know, it's working out. We'll see how those we'll see how those guys pan out. I mean, they all have a lot of lot of issues. This could be the steal of the year, Quincy uh, Inunua, who could be the number one receiver for the Jets this year, going nice in the pick. in the fourteenth round. That's to Jason Apostolos, the thought, uh, twenty sixteen winner of uh, Genesis. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I thought Ty Williams picked at the at the fourteen oh three was really nice. Yeah, I I totally agree. There's a lot of interesting good picks that I really like in the fourteenth round. So maybe if you're in a redraft league where you're playing with your buddies, the idea is to trade all the way your top picks and just get as many fourteenth rounders exactly. as possible. Lock the fourteenth round up. You have Deion Lewis, Charles Sims, Joe Williams, uh, of course DeAndre Washington from uh, Rob Marshall's team at uh, at the eight spot. Uh, Tyra Williams, you had just mentioned, and of course Justin Effing Tucker, the second kicker off the board tonight. Matt Bryan goes uh, in the uh, 13th round. Justin Tucker <laughs> in the 14th. First defense also off the board with so, the Denver Broncos. And the number one receiver for the Rams, Tavon Austin. The number one receiver for the. <laughs> Actually, the number one receiver for the Rams is still out there. Yeah, he is. We won't mention him, but I do like him a lot this year. But maybe I need to reevaluate because he hasn't been taken yet by uh, by this group of drafters who clearly know what they're doing. Um, so let's go through these, uh, Dave. We'll, we'll have a little time here to um, sort of analyze uh, these teams. About a minute I, per team. I don't want to like read up because we're all, we're getting so close to the end of the draft. I don't want to, um, um, to, you know, give you the full roster for each team. So what I'm going to do is just go with the first ten picks, Fine. which is roughly projected what we did for relations. Yeah, projected starters. However, you want to look at it. So late boomer. This is Pete Laner's team. Dak Prescott is the quarterback. David Johnson, DeMarco Murray, Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray, Matt Forte at running back, Sammy Watkins, Julian Edelman, Willie Sneed, Richard Matthews at receiver. We already talked about the tight ends he added later. So the running backs are extremely strong. Uh, the quarterback is good. You look at the receiver, there's some question marks there. Yeah, and obviously tight end. I don't think the receivers have many question marks given the running backs. I mean, if you have Johnson, Murray, Fournette, and the other, and the other Murray – and Forte. I mean, Forte could still be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you're starting four backs. And if, if Sammy Watts is healthy and Edelman, you're in fine shape. And I like Willie Cena. I thought that was a good pick, okay. too. But I think the tight ends are, I mean, obviously really rough. So if he can get anything out of his tight ends, he'll be in good shape. Tom Brady is Eric Martin's quarterback. And the running backs on his roster, Le'Veon Bell, Danny Woodhead, Theo Riddick, Doug Martin, the receivers, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Marshall, John Brown, Marvin Jones, Brashad Perriman, Josh Doxson. Tight end is Jordan Reed. And um, Perriman, too, a nice pick in the 12th. Yeah, yep, Perriman. Um, he added a couple of tight ends uh, after the uh, 10th round as well. Who is so it? That is Eric Martin, Nude Gingrich. I also like the, I like the John Brown pick in the ninth round. Yeah, uh, John Brown, also interesting. Um, who, by the way, did you see he just got a cyst removed from his back? I saw that, yeah. Oh, his sickle cell is better, and he got a cyst taken out of his back. Yeah, just get rid of all those poisons and toxins <laughs> in your body, man. Go, go on the Gwyneth Paltrow cleanse diet for a couple of weeks. The detox. Yeah, nothing but... All greens. Yeah, nothing but greens. Just get all that naughty stuff out of your system, man. That is just ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot of, pro, there's a lot of spec, on, you know, speculative looks at his wide receivers. You have Cooks and Marshall, that's fine. Yeah. But Brown, Marvin Jones, Perriman, Doxon, two of those guys are likely to pan out, and they could be actually... They could be top 24 players. Yeah. Yep, no. I like, I like the upside. I mean, there's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of upside. A lot of upside there. Uh, let's still look at Jason Apostolos' team. He is the defending champion of Genesis. He goes with Russell Wilson at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, LeGarrette Blount, James White at running back, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree Kill, Michael Crabtree, Deshaun Jackson are the receivers. Martellus Bennett, the tight end. Dave, like this squad as well. He's a former champ. He knows what he's doing. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I like the ballsy pick. Of LeGarrette Blunt in the eighth round. Yeah. Screw you guys. This guy's dumping 1,210 touchdowns on somebody this year. 
That's true. It's not a bad pick, actually. It's logical. Yeah. He might have been able to get him like two or three rounds later, but he went out and took him. I like his team. It's pretty well balanced, actually. It's a good team. Yeah, hopefully if, if Hopkins bounces back, he is going to be a force for sure. Uh, you move on to Don Terminello's team, Matt Ryan at quarterback, Lamar Miller, Jay Ajayi, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara at running back, Antonio Brown, Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, and Adam Thielen are the receivers. Zach Ertz is the tight end. Some question marks on this team, Dave, but you cannot um, say that there is no upside on this squad because there is a, a tremendous amount. Well, the problem with, I have is that I don't really like some of the players that Donnie T took, but if I insult this team, he might write me like a five-paragraph email telling me how much of a moron I am. So, Donnie T, oh, I, I, listen, I love your team. Listen, it's great. If I ever chose to write you an email telling you how much of a moron you are, it'd be a lot longer than five paragraphs, my friend. Yeah, very five good. paragraphs is the abridged version. <laughs> um, moving on to, uh, to Eat em and Smile, that's Scott Johnson's team. Um, this is, let's see, Cam Newton at quarterback. Tevin Coleman, Paul Perkins, Terrence West at running back, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Terrell Pryor at receiver, Hunter Henry, and Jack Doyle are the tight ends. Not a huge fan of the tight ends, Dave, but I can't deny what those guys were able to do last year, so I will give him a a solid uh, A-plus on those uh, two guys, obviously. And then you have uh, the studliness of those uh, starting off with four straight receivers. I really like that. Tevin Coleman was very, very good last year, even as a backup. He is a lottery ticket if uh, Freeman gets hurt. And Paul Perkins, we talked about how much uh, we were starting to like his value in drafts this year as well. And obviously, uh, I like Terrence West in the ninth as a uh, lottery throw or a lottery dart, whatever you want, <laughs> mixing <laughs> metaphors. Uh, but this is a, another solid team from Scott Johnson. Yeah, I like how I like how they picked up Duke Johnson, ProSize, and Sims, three PPR backs in rounds 12, 13, 14. Because the running backs were definitely the weakest part of their team, so they attacked that. They, you know, they had Coleman and Perkins and West, but they still realized that that part of their team was not that great. So after getting those four top receivers, I think Henry's a solid pick. Cam's a great pick. This team could definitely compete because of the, because of Duke Johnson, ProSize, and Sims. One of those guys that might might do something. 2016 FFPC main event co-champ Nelson Sousa picking right in the middle tonight. The franchise ended up. Uh, you got Kirk Cousins on the 13th, but the running backs. Melvin Gordon, Ty Montgomery, Spencer Ware, Eddie Lacy, Mike Gillisley, the receivers, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder, Stephon Diggs. Uh, the tight end is uh, Julius Thomas. Dave, he is going to need some production from tight end, but running backs and receivers I'm a big fan of. Uh, and, I, again, I'm not just saying that. I really like this team. I do, too, actually. I like how uh, when you look at the players that he took, there's not a lot of risk, really, with well, he mit- and he mitigated it too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like exactly. even with the ri- with the risky picks, he still went so heavy in running backs and receivers in the first ten rounds. You you can kind of cover up your mistakes. That's what happens when you wait on tight end and wait on quarterback. So Julius Thomas Higby's not going to do crap. Thomas is the, his problem is tight end. So we'll see what happens there. He's the one person actually out of everyone that got handicapped by Team Seven going ape blank on all those tight ends. Yeah, right. And rookies. I mean, yeah, rookies. <laughs> but Kirk Cousins is a great pick in the 13th round. He's going to be fine at, at uh, quarterback. We'll see what happens at tight end. If he can figure out tight end, he's in great shape. Move on to uh, Joseph Coppola's team. This is uh, one of the more fun teams from Genesis that we've been uh, analyzing tonight. Aaron Rodgers at running at quarterback. Running backs are Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Samaji Perine. That's right, all rookies. Receivers, Odell Beckham. This is our huge, by the way, this well, is our hold on. Let, running back class. Let me, just, let, let me just talk about all the receivers he took in the first right, 10 right. rounds. Odell Beckham. 
right, you might have to and tight end. Moving on to tight end. Rob Gronkowski, Delaney Walker, OJ Howard, Dennis Pitta, David Njoku after the tenth round. And Shaheen, another rookie. Adam Shaheen. Good God. Who's right, the well, one below that? Who's the one? Marquis Lee. Lee. Okay. Um, Adam Shaheen now. in the fifteenth. God, I, I would have loved to pick Joseph Coppola's brain tonight. So you look at this team. Uh, this is the unofficial team upside of the draft. Uh, we don't know what this team is capable of. There's certainly had a, a lot of downside here tonight as well. Um, but uh, you look at, uh, at, at this team, the problem is going to be receiving. Yeah. And I mean, I've, if Samuel or Jones breaks out, I guess there's a chance, but I mean, you're gonna have to be cutting like two or three to make any waiver moves. You have to cut like two or three tight ends. Yeah. that's going to be tough. Uh, but boy, it was fun while while we were following this team tonight. I enjoyed watching. It. Yes, I did too. Fantasy Dum Dums, Rob I mean, Marshall. Mariota team. too. Let's take his backup as Mariota. Yeah. Like, anyway. Uh, or Fan- Dum dot com. Uh, this is Rob Marshall's team. We we got the pleasure of speaking with uh, earlier. Uh, James Winston, Ben Roethlisberger are the quarterbacks, and then you look at running backs: Kenneth Dixon, Bilal Powell, Robert Kelly. A.J. Green, Allen Robinson, Doug Baldwin, Dante Moncrief are the receivers. Tyler Eifert and Kyle Rudolph. Not a whole lot to say about this team that we haven't already said. It is a good team. This is a good team. And actually, going all the way to the 16th round, the Laquan Treadwell pick in the 16th round. I hate Treadwell, but in the 16th round, I love him. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the team's talking about. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I mean, they're looking to, to trade him now. <laughs> they're like, trying to trade their GM. Like, they sent out a press release to, to all 31 teams. Hey, missed on receiver in the <laughs> NFL draft? Have we got a deal for you? Laquan effing Treadwell. Barely used Treadmill. Well, Treadwell. Yes. Tre- he's got tre- he's, his tread as well uh, for your team. Manitoba Moose Knuckles. That is um, uh, Stephen Nordstrom's team drafting out of the nine spot tonight. Andrew Luck. Devontae Freeman. Carlos Hyde. Jamal Charles. Jeremy Hill at running back. T.Y. Hilton. Devontae Adams. Golden Tate. Corey Coleman and uh, Cam Meredith at receiver, Eric Ebron at tight end. So he sort of did the Nelson Sousa method, pound the running backs, pound the receivers. He did end up taking a quarterback uh, semi-early, but, I mean, Andrew Luck in the sixth, who's going to fault you for that. Uh, if he gets the production from tight ends, it's, uh, it, it's going to make him, uh, obviously, a, a slam-dunk contender for the title. Uh, if he doesn't, Eric Ebron's going to have to have a great season. Yeah, I mean, Zach Miller, I don't think he's going to be amounting to much. But So if Ebron comes through, he's got luck. The rest of his team is really pretty solid, actually, top to bottom. I think he's definitely a top five team. We'll see how, if he goes beyond that or not. I, I, again, I don't like Hyde. You know I don't like Hyde. But, right. Uh, between Hyde, Charles, and Jeremy Hill, you got to get something out of those clowns. Brad Kirkland was drafting uh, out of the 10 spot tonight. By the way, you can also follow him on Twitter, at BC Kirkland. Uh, he was drafting out of the 10 spot. He gets Drew Brees, LaShawn McCoy, Isaiah Kroll at running back. Um, Deontay Foreman at at uh, as his third running back, and then the receivers: Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Kelvin Benjamin, Jordan Matthews, Corey Davis, Jeremy Macklin. Tight end is Jimmy Graham. This is a team, Dave, uh, that doesn't have a whole lot of running back depth. Although, you know, spoiler alert: the 13th round on Jamal Williams and Thomas Rawls, good picks there. Uh, so this is another team that I think is very good if Jimmy Graham can stay healthy, because that is the only tight end he's got so far. I mean, this team actually came together okay, but. So I, by taking Graham and Breeze where he did, right. that's not the type of draft I would have run. Then he's forced to take receivers in rounds, what was it, 6 through 10? Ten? 10, yep. And I, I mean, those receivers should amount to something, but you're just generally left weaker at receiver. You know, and you're, Because you only took two running backs early, you're going to have to start four wide receivers. So it's like, do you want to start Corey Davis or Macklin as your number four or Jordan Matthews? It gets to be problematic there. So I think that's where he's going to be having a problem is during the flex position and the number four wide receiver because those guys just aren't that great. 
Mad Genius of Fantasy Football, this is Mike and Todd Aaron's squad. They go with Derek Carr as their quarterback, Jordan Howard, C.J. Anderson, Frank Gore, Jonathan Stewart in the backfield, Jordy Nelson, Jarvis Landry, Larry Fitzgerald, Pierre Garçon, Mike Williams at receiver, Greg Olson, Jason Witten are the tight end. Another good team, Dave. I, again, this is pretty well balanced. It's not super studly anywhere, but I don't see a whole lot of weakness on this roster. Yeah, the, the the problem I guess with this team is there's not crazy upside. Right, there's just a lot of steady eddies going on, and uh, it, but it can work out. I mean, why not? I I, I, just, I don't have a lot to add. Mike though, Mike, Will, Mike like, Williams, I, Mike Mike Williams is the guy that that I would say has the most upside. There you go. All right, uh, final team, Creme Fresh. Oh yeah, Timothy Cornish. <laughs> well, we got to fly through this one, man. Philip Rivers, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Marshawn Lynch, Amir Abdullah, Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, Des Bryant, Martavis Bryant, Randall Cobb, uh, Travis Kelsey. Receivers uh, need a little bit more depth there. A lot of great running backs here. Around six and seven, I would have taken receiver instead of running back, and you've been in much better shape, in my opinion. All right, so very good analysis there from the Dizzle. Decent decent analysis for me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show tonight. I want to thank uh, the FFPC Fantasy Sports Radio Network, all the Genesis and Revelations drafters, especially Rob Marshall, who called in tonight. Thanks uh, to Rob, Bryce, and, of course, all of you for uh, hanging out and listening with us. Uh, we certainly appreciate you tuning in an hour early. Uh, we'll be back next Friday. PlayerProfiler.com founder Matt Kelly will be joining the show. We're going to talk about uh, what, really cool what, yes, and we're going to talk about what, uh, what we're potentially doing with the FFPC with Matt Kelly. I can't say too much. It's going to be great. <laughs> next Friday, it's going to be good, uh, good analysis. We'll talk a lot of rookie draft, a lot of dynasty with Matt Kelly. I'll play the FFPC. Uh, myffpc.com today. Happy Cinco de Mayo and your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound of engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks, they call the tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use it, use it, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your Solid, boss. I, I thought you liked this one. That's pretty good. It's Loyalty by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, nice. That's yeah, uh, one of the great uh, great albums of 2017. Hey, did you learn anything tonight? Uh, not really. Revenge of the Running Back. It's right. real, and it's here, and it's spectacular. Revenge of the Fantasy Nerd. But... <laughs> well, listen. They, They've never gone away. They never went away. <laughs> They've continued to rule.